Oh, well, that it'll take a, take a minute or two, I guess. I forget the delay time on YouTube. It's only like a few seconds, but I mean, you know, oh, it tends okay. to happen. Yeah, I remember back in the day with OBS, you had to like, it, it was like a, a long delay. But <laughs> anyway, anyways, those are the battle days. This is Digital Archipelago, episode 25. 25? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Oh, the first the first stream of the season in January. Um, already, I'm getting I'm getting criticism. Geo, your recent support for AR is pathetic. Well, maybe we'll get into that. Uh, but <laughs> oh my god, this is going to be our. Well, we were thinking about what we're gonna do, and we're like, well, we tried to do a little bit of the predictions on the the New Year's stream, but uh, so I, I just want a uh, shameless note of shilling right in the top, okay. Now listen, I didn't stream throughout December. Well, actually, the one Digital Archipelago. I was mostly on Prude's channel. So you better give your super... If you want to give me my 30th birthday present, you better you better donate. You better put in the super chats right now. And also, Patreon.com. So it's giant production. I don't know why, but people are broke in December. They're brokies. They, they, they have no Bugattis. And so what happens is people tend to drop like flies around december on on patreon so patreon they're, they're trying to pay for bail since they're in romanian prison yeah exactly exactly so patreon.com slash giant productions please i i need uh to fulfill my patreon goal i've dropped a little bit under it because in the new year i am going to sort of uh maybe try to work out a deal with lomaz to do a painting slash essay book so we'll see how that goes so please donate those super chats Go to patreon.com, Giant Productions. I have a PayPal link if you want, you know, direct support. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, anyways, how have you been, Prude? How are things going? Uh, I, the holidays tends to screw you up in terms of uh, productivity, but, you know. Oh, I've been rather productive on top of just... We had that wonderful stream with Charlemagne and Semyagog a while back. We're covering some of the U.S. government's right. interests in Poland. We reviewed Millennial for five hours with uh, John D and some friends on some of yeah, channel as well. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, between Christmas and getting uh, some, you know, Christmas video address out. I've been very busy on Substack. I just put a new one out yesterday called Technological Assesis and sort of our concerns on social media and, you know, trying to incorporate some form of technological fasting. And then um, I will be recording this weekend with Semiagog. We'll be talking about deglobalization for prudent observations. Things have been very busy on my end. And I've got about four essays in the works. Most of them are going to be behind the paywall because a lot of that stuff is going to be in the essay collection yeah. that will be published this summer. So very busy stuff. Nice. That also reminds me that for all the people in the chat. Now, I know some of you do not want to give money to Patreon because of, well, you know, I can't say much in case they hear this, but, <laughs> but I will in the new year, it's going to take some work, but I will have the pay every paywall stuff up on Substack, and you can donate through that, the $5 a month on Substack, like what you do prude. So I, but that's going to take some work. Um, yeah. So I will do that. I think I'm going to have to focus on Substack. That's like truly one of the few anti-fragile platforms. And uh, maybe I will have paywalled articles as well. But this Friday or Saturday, I am going to come out with a huge 20-pager um, about 2022 
and but it's more than that it's it's more of like uh it's got a lot of um you know when you work on something you can't even describe it it's sort of like that it's about acceleration and uh the online world and it's got a lot of young Chohan and Heidegger in it so well I mean 2022 really was the year of putting the brick on the accelerator yeah exactly that's that's yeah so it started off as just a short reflection piece but as see the problem is that I, I was talking about this with default last night because we recorded an episode for uh, content minded on uh, the the other works of humdog and uh I was saying to her you know like get me in all these places you know like uh maybe I could write for unheard one day but the thing is when I sit down to write like shorter pieces like an actual blogger like back in the day it never works out that way it could never master the 800 to 1000 word cuz it's like I just larded up with so many different things and uh yeah so that's my problem but anyways um I'm uh we also were going to cover a bit of Dave's new article you you said it was pretty good I was reading a little bit of it but I'm well, it was funny because he had the same issue that you were just talking about where we were in a group chat together and he was just like, yeah, I could have gone longer, um, but I had to like trim. Otherwise, I would have I wouldn't have stopped at like 5000 words. I would have gone to 10,000. And I was like, yeah, yeah. The, the, I think we're seeing a return of the video essay in some form or fashion mm. um, because I just don't everyone wants the live stream. Um yeah. But, you know, they don't tend, unlike this, right, this stuff I think can age pretty well because a lot of the stuff that we, maybe not this one, right, because we're covering 2022, right, maybe some predictions. But, you know, when we're covering, say, a Humdog essay or we're reviewing some movies or, you know, Serial Experiments Lane, all that holds up pretty well. But a lot of live yeah. streams, you know, they, they tend to not to because it's current events or things like that. That's why I think that, you know, uh, to give AA credit, you know, his, his separation of, like, artistic stuff rank punditry and then like a hardcore literature heavy topic like, like that's the smart thing to do because one of them you can kind of like oh yeah it's a couple weeks ago versus yeah something that stands the test of time and i think that the essay part of it the video essay and the things that used to be traditional right-wing youtube i think that those will make a comeback as of you know they're not profitable lord knows that's not the case and we get more views on live streams nowadays than anything else but i think that you want something that stands the test of time and uh that's the way to go and inside of yeah. you, there are two types of uh, wolves. One that is a, a, a nicotine stand and another one is a caffeine stand. So here we are. <laughs> I have both, actually, but, you know. Ah, uh, the traditional I European breakfast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, who is breakfast? You know, who is breakfast? <laughs> um, but the video essay, I think the problem is, like, if I, like, okay, people that read the essays, why don't I just go to Substack and read it? But I guess, like, if you... I don't know, maybe because I don't feel like I have a particularly good voice, but... Well, I, I, I think it's an overlap of audiences. So, I mean, like, my Substack has only got less... Uh, close, we're very close to breaking 2,000, but 2,000 people right. that subscribe and are on the email list. Whereas on YouTube, you know, we're very close to 9K. So it's just like, the yeah. audience is different. They don't overlap in the same way that your audience on Odyssey is nowhere near the same of their political predilections as, say, your YouTube audience and vice yeah. versa. So... Yeah. I think it's good to have overlap to make sure that there's the maximum exposure of your content. So that's why most of the time I'll do what Dave does and he'll put out a sub stack and then record it real quickly. But I'm starting to do that less because there are some essays I don't want to record and make videos of because that'll be in the book. So. Yeah, true. True. Same with me when I start writing the book. Um, like, but it's weird for me because I have to do the paintings that I have like planned out in my head or I've written down and then I want to write, you know, essays for them. 
Mm. So that's like a different process. But I know what you mean. It's like some, it's like you debate like, um, oh, is this gold enough, you know, for people to pay for it? Or if you don't put out good stuff, then people obviously aren't going to get the get. But anyways, that's insider baseball. Uh, what did, let's cover, I think, I don't know. I mean, I'm tr- obviously we have to talk about the war, but not like, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe more stuff around it because you know people pretty much uh, know my position. Uh, you keep pretty ambiguous about it. Well, I don't uh, but, take a pro or anti side. I just yeah. think that what we're my position has always been just I take a rather realist sense of it. I you know mm. the gut knee jerk reaction is that yeah, like it would be nice to see Russia win this, but at the same time I'm looking at what the USG has done to bring it like full on to bear, and whether it's like pretty much the economic collapse of Europe or even you know the ECB bank head was basically like, yeah, we are going to see a recession and we are going to see an increased cost in energy and living on top of the fact that, yeah, you know, they're most of, I mean, the UK is fully in line with what the U S is doing and Rishi Sunak is throwing them a bone, but what are they, what are they doing? You know, they're still on board with this. So, I mean, yeah, uh, realistically speaking, I, I do have a moral stake in it. I don't want this to continue in any way, shape or form because like yeah. the moment you played the, the, the blew up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, like this wasn't just a fight against like Russia and this proxy conflict. You more or less just told the rest of the European continent to get in line with you or, or else suffer. And so I mean, yeah. that's been my position is, is that like what the US government is doing for the sake of what has been its long stated project by its intelligentsia, the complete collapse and dismembering of the Russian state is a a stupid policy. Basically, I think it's death wish because you don't do that to another nuclear armed state. And I mean, here we are, we have people that are so blatantly, you know, careless and sort of scofflaw at what we used to be afraid of 20, 40 years ago. You know, we, we went from threads to the day after to, ah, fuck it, let me die in a nuclear war. And I just think that that kind of nihilism is really, really unhealthy for both leaders and regular people. Yeah, I I think what we can do, though, because the first big incident of the year was the truckers, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, like... Feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? I know, right? I know. So uh, here's what we're going to do, because me and me, Goran, and Constantine on the War Report covered, like, the minutia of specific events. There's some things that I think we forgot like for example recently the death of the pope um the defeat of bolsonaro but i think what we can do instead of like this is what happened let's sort of try to like i guess what you do in your streams but geopolitically i notice like with prudent observations you have to almost focus on the contemporary situation in light of the you know the ir literature that you're reading so let's focus on i guess let's do some speculative futurism here okay we're Focusing on the implications of the, the sort of true implications of these each each of these events. Now, with Russia is ambiguous because when we look to their relationship with China, you know, let's save the multipolar world stuff for the end. Okay, let's, okay, let's, okay. Let's save <laughs> Just for the get, yeah, we'll get the end. We'll go to the Dave's essay, and we'll go to the multipolar world potentiality. Truckers. Okay, the inquiry happened. Literally, you know, and shout out to Horace Finkelstein, my good friend. Hashtag nothing happening, okay? Trudeau is not going to be overturned. He's not going to face any uh, privy council. And in, in Canada, we have a voted on conference. In America, you have impeachment. That's It's it's essentially the same, but it's it works differently, right? Yeah. Um, nothing happening. Trudeau is going to be here at least 
unless things get really bad economically, which they might, people predict the housing crisis, the housing markets especially. Um, oh, yeah. Trudeau looks like his position's pretty solid until 25 or 24, 25. So literally nothing happening, okay? But in terms of populist protest movements, where do you see the future in terms of an event like seizing? And by the way, by the way, I will say one one more thing. Okay. The narrative by the leftoids in Canada, you know, like this is the psychic mind poison of being a leftist in Canada. You hate America, but everything you do must defer to America. So what is the truckers like? Like that one thing that happened in January two years ago, which we can't see on YouTube. That's the, the sort of threading the needle that they're making. Yeah. That the thing that happened at that particular month two years ago and that particular date. Can't say it. Pretty That's sure you can. <laughs> yeah. Wait, can you say the date the 6th? Yeah, I, I have a whole video on it, you know. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, it's the two-story right. state in January 6th or something like that. But I yeah. did that last year on the anniversary of it. But um, yeah, and the Old yeah. Glory Club's actually going to talk about it this Friday uh, on the anniversary. So they'll be having fun with people who were there. So it'll be a fun time. <laughs> um, I don't know. Canadian leftists, I feel like, are the battered housewives of, like, the, the progressive machine here in America. We're like, well, we're not Americans, but, you know, we're going to take yeah. our black eye and do exactly what, you know, daddy progressive tells me to do. And so yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, what we saw in Brazil and the truck trucker protests or what happened in America in the Netherlands know, in and France, in the Netherlands and France between the yellow vests, the farmers protests, I don't see them having too much of an impact uh, anymore because right. here in America and Canada, well, what's the easiest way to do it? You either bring the full security state up to bear which they were threatening to do with the War Measures Act in mm -hmm. Canada, or you do what you always do, which is you win the war of public opinion. So what did they do to the Canadian truckers? Well, they got... They're evil! They, they, well, they, they got those fresh, out-of-Amazon plastic just, packages uh, where yeah. you could still see the folding wrinkle lines and wave that them around. That one photojournalist actually sued Trudeau's office. Really? For smearing him, oh, for good. saying that, his, that Trudeau is... It was a journalist or something. There was some lawsuit involving trudeau's top so it just so happened that trudeau's top personal photographer because you know like every president every prime minister they have their own like the the guy that trudeau senior had became pretty famous after like the yeah. guy that reagan had became pretty famous um the court you know court photographers mm -hmm. trudeau's personal court photographer just so happened to take a picture of that newly minted crease line austrian painters flag uh, with the East Far Eastern symbol on it. So there was some funny business where they smeared the reporter that that got caught him or something. There's some lawsuit involved, but it's not going to go anywhere again. Again, we all know, like, this is typical reactionary point. This is like Moldbug Circuit 2007. This is, no, this is Sch Carl Schmidt in the 1934. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This. Those who determine the state of exception, you know, like yeah. XXX dot dot dot, right? Meaning that if you expect this inquiry to go anywhere in terms of Trudeau, like not fully to the letter of the law, exercising the War Measures Act, they don't call it the War. They call it something else. What do they call it? If people in the chat, enlighten me. Uh, the Emergencies Act. I think that's what they call it. Oh, okay. Like if you knew, if like if if you think for one second that uh this is going to go anywhere no 
But what's more important is, I think, the point that you were trying to make, which is, okay, mass protest movements that able to that are able to jam up public infrastructure. You would think that that would be hugely important. And Gilets Jaunes in, you know, have been doing this literally since 2012. I think, yeah. like, 2013? Well, the, the thing yeah. that Charlemagne had pointed out, and I think that he, myself, and Oren McIntyre kind of also discussed on a stream literally like a year ago, was that, okay, the question really becomes, do you have the ability to sort of say, throw your morals out the window Right, especially if you're a trucker, right? You're the key aspect yeah. of all infrastructure for food, gasoline, electricity, home goods, medicines, etc. Are you willing to starve and or hurt people? And yeah. I, I think that that's been the primary question is, is that what sort of, to give some credence to say like uh, Athenian Sarger, Barbaric Disciple, is, is that um, if you are going to play with one arm behind your back on the grounds of morality, you will get crushed by those that will have no problem killing you. And yeah. so I, that, that, that I think is going to be the, the principal objection going forward. It's just that, well, oh, these big, mean, evil truckers, they're just like Austrian painters. It's just like 1933 all over again. It's like yeah. they're coming here to burn down the Reichstag. And it's like, no, no, these people just literally want to be left alone. And I think that that's the other key aspect of, of protest movements is, is that you have essentially... Yeah as I, others like to say uh like um fisted by foucault and such you know like all oh, these grill americans they they really do just want to be left alone and so when they take action it's always half-hearted measures because they don't want to get into a fight not yeah. re realizing that these conflicts are existential yeah but people really i think when when people like are actually being affected in terms of like i know this is like a left-wing point material conditions that as i think when we'll see like genuine like, because really, when you target public infrastructure, it's it's funny because it's a nonviolent way, but it's very of, of vital importance. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the way that they worked around it was that these, like you were saying, these working class people, they, after eventually, eventually their resources are going to basically just burn out, right? And with the truckers, we saw this early on. Uh, there was people that were helping with legal counsel and, and everything, but... Another thing too is that the the sort of the way that the media just essentially um, and these networks of these anti you know what people the way that they can manufacture evidence against them like there's this guy and not that I agree with them I think Red Ice interviewed him um, that was a trucker but then he was arrested for some gun charge I don't know what's his name I forget Mackenzie something uh, mm -hmm. you know but again I have no association with anybody by the way. And so they'll like literally make up like groups and like this uh, far right group that's like started off as a meme. Like th they'll do that, right? Gilets Jaunes, they didn't exactly. Later on, they tried to smear them as like this far right group. But because you had like, you know, communists and tankies and people of that nature also protesting with them, it was sort of like the first bipartisan like populist movement, at least in the like apart from the anti globalization movement. I would say like the first serious one in the 21st century, because you could say that Occupy Wall Street was thoroughly leftist. The Tea Party was thoroughly like Normie Khan, Boomer, like people like Boomers that listen to Alex Jones uh, that later became co-opted by the GOP. So it wasn't a true like bipartisan protest movement. But I feel like, but that being, but that's still, it's not a point to like the, the, the Tinks orgs of the world either. Because that sort of like bipartisan political movement cannot exist nowadays. 
right? No, I mean, they've done such a good job at literally creating political speciation. I mean, you know, they, or there's even stories where they'll be like, yeah, we like started doing TRT on like libs and they started voting Republican or whatever. And it's like, well, literally, you know, I think we're kind of speciating ourselves through a very political lens on a biological level. So it's very hard to find issues where, I think people can come together genuinely. Like it's not the world trade protests of Seattle in the, in the no. 1990s. Like, we're, I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. Um, although I, I will hold a caveat to that. Again, it kind of depends on the material conditions and say like Europe uh, in yes. some places. I think that we're going to see, I don't know. They keep trying to sigh off and go for riots in France more and more between that Athena movie that came out earlier on Netflix. That was basically camp of the saints I think we're going to see something major there. Um, yeah, but they happen. love rioting in France. That's their that's their thing from forever, from since Bastille. Like that's well, yeah, <laughs> but it's a little different when it's a bunch of like Algerians and Moroccans doing it. Not, oh, true, you know, true, Frenchmen. True. But you yeah, know, we'll 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 see. I just I find it particularly interesting because I think the the real lesson, and I I mean, there's been a whole lot of discourse. I know I've noticed on Telegram about you know Occupy Wall Street all over again. But I mean, the real lesson since the 90s onward is that these political divergences and speciations of individuals and tribes and people that don't you know by nature of red team blue team they will always hate each other most of the time right at least on the media at least on these issues and the sovereign who decides the exception will always tell you that red guy bad you know orange man bad and Mm. so you have to make that comparison to lump them for the ultimate purposes of telling from a top-down perspective you know this is the enemy to the rest of your of your of your group and so i think it's going to be very hard to see any kind of you yeah. know heckin bipartisan left-wing right-wing coalition on any particular issue the one thing that i have noticed is some you know some leftists that are not on this whole uh you know anti-natalism game which i find rather interesting when they're more concerned about population sizes but outside yeah. of that i mean i i don't see too much because Again, when you have discussions on, say, things like regenerative agriculture, you know, like we saw earlier this year, back in September, the whole, you know, the whole groping of Ashley Colby, this sort of like regenerative agriculture, you know, who got published in the American mind. Turns out she had a bunch of lefty tweets, but a lot of her points weren't half bad upon reading her article and some of her work. And it's just like, wow, by the nature of we're not going to. But at the same time, right, I think that comes with the fact that everyone is kind of woke on the friend enemy distinction game. And I think everyone thinks kind of long-term now rather than, you know, short-term, which I think is, has its benefits, but also has some rather large blind spots. I think we need to consider. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that, well, I mean, people pretty much know the, the game since year or two ago, a few years ago about people like Rizoma and, you know, Twink Zorg and John Dios, like those type of people. Like, by the way, fuck John Dios. He's been a total prick to me. I don't know why he thinks I'm like an Austrian painter that I, I, uh, I, I don't know. Some about like, I'm a leftist for Trump or whatever. I don't know what his deal leftist is. for Trump. <laughs> I don't know what his deal is, but, uh, no, no, no. It's like those type of people. Like, I think we pretty much know the game. Like the recent thing with the, the waffle house, butch, um, that was like quite funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you want to talk about that one. Maybe we'll save that one for later. I just thought it was like, okay, you found a you found a waifu for five seconds, then you like 
you got your dreams crushed when you found out that you know she was uh she she paid a toll and things like that so it's just <laughs> like well what were you expecting um <laughs> did you really think that this was going to be your like um pixie man shield maiden. girl aryan shield maiden that was going Valkyrie. to like, deliver you <laughs> deliver you from the hordes like no you know she was reading some candy book or whatever like i I don't know. I think it's another thing too. Is that like could she read though? That's uh, like... <laughs> well, that's the real question, right? Um, no, because I, then when we're saying like, I'm not going to say exactly what this um, Amar Knight said, but that like basically, if a, a white girl like that, that skinny, is going to fight like a mass, they basically have grown up in that sort of, you know, it's like it's not, you know, what I mean? It's like we all know, like you know, having grown up around construction my whole life, like you know, I, I'm not. Well, is our friend of... is our friend Matthew the Stoat says this is just barista discourse. Yeah, you know, like we're, yeah. we're we're arguing over someone who works at a Waffle House in less than ideal economic conditions, and I'm playing I'm yeah. saying that very nicely. So yeah. I mean, eh, you know, like, but culturally, I mean, like it, it's you know, it's um, it's <laughs> like it's not something to be lionized, but at the same time, it's not something to be like, you know totally like maniacal about like i think the problem with with twink tinks or oh, I, I gotta stop saying twinks or um nah problem, yeah okay but the the problem is that i i feel Not like, like i'm ever interviewing him so yeah i think i've only seen the kashuda interview with him but uh i don't know good old boys has him on good old boys than Adam, i can yeah. count yeah but no but what i mean is i think like the the problem is and this can also go to like going forward into the decade, what the permutation of the like lower classes and even the middle classes that are going to like take an economic hit and they're probably going to you know descend a few steps, if not more, mm -hmm. uh, were the sort of like speciesation that you were saying. Like this is this is what Schwab Real Human says that there's going to be cryptids in America that we're going to see pop up everywhere of new people, um, new new ethnogenesis of people. But I think, but apart from that humorous point, well, maybe tragicomic point, not humorous. I would say the problem with like people like that is that they have the same sort of like romanticized ideal that the new, like not the new left, but rather the contemporary left abandoned literally like a few decades ago. Or I, I would say generously, maybe at least before 2016 of like the lower classes being the sort of beasts of burden of the capitalist regime that are objects of pity you know this is the nietzschean critique of leftism like the, they're objects of pity right mm -hmm. but that idea is gone now they're chuds now they're object of contempt and the real working class are non-binary trans people of color that's the real working class in america not the the trucker not the guy that not not peter nemitz that is working in the Las Vegas water treatment plant. No, he's he's scum now. He's a chud. Well, actually, they would hate him because never mind, never mind. We all know Peter Nemitz's political opinions, but you know, <laughs> but uh, the point being is that that older ideal of the left, I noticed that these, you know, largely out. I, I, you know, I'm not going to say this right now. A lot of them are outside of America, and I'm I'm Canadian. I know, but in Canadian, we're kind of like. You know, when America... You're stuck with us. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. By nature of geography, a lot of our culture and our politics is going to yeah. come upstream and it will, yeah. it'll, it'll hit you guys, which is unfortunate in a lot of ways because 
that's my that's been the great tragedy i think out of 2022 is is that yeah. it was americanization in full force and i'm like all aspects of the culture war has yeah. transcended in places where even our friend conscious caracol you know i had a, I, one of the earliest conversations i had with him in january of last year because we we used to we used to we, we keep in contact pretty regularly but for a period of time before we got busy with work we would used to like have almost weekly like just conversations over the phone yeah. and you know one of the things he had said to us is like one of the things i hate the most about the internet and the fact that like american like political discourse is the lingua franca of the world is is that he can walk in somewhere like johannesburg or pretoria and people that look like him are still speaking americanized english and yeah. that those yeah. kind of political issues of race and gender are now being taken on by like the ANC. I mean, even Emmanuel Macron was smart enough and I, we can have a whole other conversation about him, but I mean, even he was just like, Whoa, this like American leftist woke bullshit doesn't, shouldn't work in France. Cause yeah. even he knows that if you weaponize that with the migrant population inside his country, you're in for a, a world of hell to pay. And so, oh, yeah. I mean, 2022 yeah. saw that in full force. I mean, we've saw, and I think this also kind of plays in with like the bot question with the Twitter buyout and then AI art. I mean, we're going to go everywhere today, folks. So sorry. But oh, yeah. like um, as a tangent, this also makes me think about, um, you know, what else did 2022 bring besides this mass widespread Americanization? I mean, it also brought the Americanization of memes to a full more full front where yes. why are a bunch of Indian Twitter accounts on this like NAFO thing, the fellas, you know, with the whole They're conflict. Indian. Some of them are. I've seen a few. Um, I try my best to stay away from it, but then I know some I people that block will... them on site, by the way, block them immediately. Oh, you, you should, don't want... you should. Yeah. yeah. It's just common practice. And, and, and so I, I think that we've seen like the full weaponization of bots, psyops, and I think AI art is going to play a major role in the future of how that's done because, uh, our friend Morgoth shared a post that he just put into one of the AI art generators about like, you know, uh, um, I think his prompt was something about like a uh, overcrowded hospital in China, you know, and they were almost kind of realistic, you know, yeah. furry, uh, blurry photos of what could be taken out of the news from when, you know, COVID started two years ago. And you're just thinking to yourself, huh, kind of makes you wonder, like we've seen for the last, what, three years now, all sorts of concerns about AI art, deep fakes and things like that. Yeah. I mean, the, the warfare is unrestricted. And for all we know, we could be, you know, hashing out our debates over things that that, you know, aren't even real in the same way that you had American retired military officials retweeting War Thunder and DCS footage at the beginning of the war. Oh, God, like, yeah. I, I just think that like we're we're in the desert of the real again. And uh, it's even more terrifying because, you know, the desert of the real looks very, very real. But these things have been going. I think people. They've been going on literally forever, these concerns, but although in the realm of science fiction, I mean, even in Star Trek, they had a private little war, you know, that episode? Yeah. Um, yeah, like like if, if you were to determine the course of significant domestic but also geopolitical events based on simulations of things, then that would like, that that's like we're living in a Bodhas novel, you know what I mean? A Bodhas short story. Um, it's funny because me and White Dog were talking about that. By the way, go to after this. I content minded the mega episode 30 with White Dog. His vocoder is different. It's much more clear. I know people complained last time he was on. But we talk about AI art. We talk about many, many different things in politics and the, the Muskin, you know, the Uber Muskin fear. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we actually, you know, it's funny. We recorded it 
before the midterms and our predictions were more or less accurate that um that Fetterman might get in that uh what else did we say that it won't be like a huge like red wave for like obvious reasons that I'm not sure you can even say on YouTube now um it's <laughs> but anyways go to it uh you know patreon.com for the full 5 hours there you go. Please, please, if you want to support the content renaissance, go on Patreon and also my, you know, PayPal and buy me a coffee and all that stuff. And also Prude's links are down there as well. Prude's links are down there. All of his, you know, his subscribe star, his sub stack, his find my friends. Uh, there you go. His buy me a coffee. Anyways, um, but, but what we skipped over, though, is I think before we get on to the a, a bit more with the sort of. Um, the, the, the shield maiden discourse and uh, another how 2022 has affected sort of like the, like what someone said in the comments that I highlighted the full submersion into the acceleration process, which my article deals with. Um, I think how will the regime contain further populist movements? I feel in Canada, it's very easy because like Donald Trump gaming was saying, I know I shouldn't read it because I want to, you know, I really want those super chats. It was my 30th birthday, guys. And you guys didn't get a chance to tithe, you know, uh, the 30th, uh, <laughs> the birthday boy. So anyways, oh boy. He needs what to you pay said... for wizarding school, everybody. Exactly, exactly. Oh God, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but um, I feel bad because when someone like has a banger comment in the replies, I will highlight it, even though I want to be like a total bastard and say, no, only Super Chats will get commented on. But anyways, I do, I do both. Yeah, yeah. But Donald Trump Gaming's got a good point that I highlighted, which is everyone over 40 in Canada, basically boomers that watch the CBC, they think the truckers are legitimately like that one event that happened in the States two years ago, around this time, actually. Um, that they think that they're like this far right, you know, and, and the, media sub, the media subversion was effective, more or yeah. less. But I feel like as time, especially as economic conditions go forward into the decade, we're still relatively young into the decade, right? Um, will there be a proliferation of these protest movements? But how will the regime deal with them? Because we know that gilets jaunes, what happens is essentially the regime will eat the loss of like public infrastructure being, you know, at least temporary, temporarily suspended or, you know, massive property damage. I mean, we've seen this uh, in 2021. With it, it's funny, you know, we saw community. it in 2020, all of that was more state sanctioned, but yeah, yeah, yeah. well, same with 2021, right? Like that, what we noticed was that both in Canada and America, you know, again, Canadian leftoids being like spiritually cucked by the American progressives, they had to have the sort of um, the, the mass graves thing, right? Yeah, and at the same time, you had the summer of Pink Floyd, so you have sort of the state sanctioned. Uh, well, in this case, it was burning of churches. It wasn't mass riots. It was at least sixty churches being torched, right? Like, you know, I don't. I, I would argue for for spiritual reasons that was a far more effective demoralization campaign. Yes, because um, yeah. I mean, uh, Americans, I think we're a little more culturally used to a certain subset of the population having a yeah. um, uh, a, a break from the zoo kind of moment, whereas. You know, oh god, I, I think oh, we're used god. to that. 1992, Rodney, we've seen it since the beginning of all aspects of civil rights history. It's always been a 71, with riots. 
the 1968 Democrat uh, convention. All of yeah. the bombings of the 1970s. They literally attempted and they did bomb the Capitol building back in yeah. the 1970s. And they weren't just Paris. all like people of color. They were like a lot of white activists. Oh, a lot of, were, yeah, a lot of white activists yeah. too. Or not to mention like Angela Davis who had supplied arms that killed people and Bill Ayers. They're all people that get to, you know, speak in front of universities. How did Angela Davis give a lecture at one of my college yeah. campuses? And I'm like, <laughs> and, I, and I, I, I tweeted out the other day because I saw some norwooding man in a dress to hide his gynomastia talk about how everyone's a little bit trans and i was like you know back in my day co back in my day communists <laughs> and killers used to speak at my college campus not these norwooding you know but um it's just, well, we'll, that, we'll see we'll, we'll see the, the we'll see more violence from that demographic of, of you know lgbt cia but i mean listen to all of them like you gotta step up your game like literally these people used to try to bomb the Pentagon. You know, like what are you doing? What are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna go there with your you're gonna act. Your... You're gonna act. <laughs> That's it. Well, some of them you could do like, better. Some you could do better. You know, but notice how they don't target the way that the leftoids in the seventies and the eighties did. They don't really target government infrastructure. Ironically enough, they target the chuds, or they'll like have their John Browning Gun Club and like have the drag time story hour being mar defended by veterans who, you know, because of the American uh, system, not giving them proper mental health services, they decided to take, you know, pills of another variety. Yeah. You saw that, right? Defending well, they the had, they drag had a, time. They had in Idaho. And um, yeah. this yeah. is a point that I, I don't know who made it. I think it was Martin, but Martin had made the point that, look, um, these people are way more powerful than you recognize. Cause if they can yeah. organize a bunch of armed terrorists in deep red Idaho over, you know, trans, you know, drag queen story hour that yeah. illustrates what you're dealing with and what you're up against, that they are, uh, for starters, armed, secondly, well-organized and three, well-funded to get people out there, even if they don't live there, or even if they do, that says a lot about what your what this asymmetrical cold war looks like. And yeah. um, that, that I think is going to be a major factor that we're going to see in 2023, especially in did, 2024. Did Kyle's trial happen in 2022? Uh, happened in 2021. Okay, uh, yeah. Because okay. I had the not guilty on all. Yeah, it was around Thanksgiving time. I think he got off on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, it was the ultimate Thanksgiving surprise, 2021. But yeah. Yeah. But in 2022, I think that um, apart from the lack of major riots, because there was a shift into geopolitics again. I think if that were to happen, if there was a sort of a LGBTQ CIA version of it, then um, there won't be, let, put it this way, the, there won't be another Kyle Rittenhouse, in my opinion. They're not going to let that happen where he gets off. Well, you um, know, here's what yeah. I think might happen, just to interject here. There was that article that came out on the 29th from the Daily Mail about a trans woman 22 charged with stabbing her father to so his father to death oh i saw and that yes. his 19 year old sister calling yeah. 911 and falsely reported i think we're going to see more of that there are trans people celebrating in the comments yeah, I know, comments. which yeah. is why i think we're going to see more of that yes exactly we're gonna because that i mean this is an old point the anarcho tyranny but i think during the decade we're going to see cases where certain people will be above the law by virtue of their political status as a tool of the regime. Um, now, will they individually get off like this, just for YouTube's sake, woman, you know, uh, will they get off? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe if they could prove that, oh, well, by not letting me transition, 
it's inherently abusive. If this was Canada, this person would get off right away. Oh yeah. Um, no doubt, no doubt. But I feel that as the decade approaches, 2022 has seen not just that case, but there was a few other ones. And the sort of the the arming and the drive towards the like mass psychosis of leftist activists thinking that fascism is around the corner and saying that this is why we have to arm themselves, which I mean, really, when you see the, the discourse, it's incredible considering the amount of state power that they actually do garner and have. There was a thread today about how they, in, in the deepest of red states in Idaho, managed to push in their agenda, right, through coordinated selective targeting of various lawmakers and so forth. There was a certain, I, I, I think it was um, Darren Beatty that like linked to it or some something, someone like that. Um, so you will see as time progresses into the decade, 2022 really revealed the cards in terms of things are getting serious. But the difference being is that when one of them targets a chud in one of these riots, who do you think is going to get off? There won't be, that's, you know what I mean? Like we know, right? Like, we know, we know it's been that way. I mean, it really, I, I do really think it kicked off after Bush senior. Yeah. Um, because yeah. What did Janet Reno do? Janet Reno looked at the cold or looked at, you know, desert storm and realized that there was a lot of people not happy with where things were going politically and that were veterans and that had some training. And so what they do, they started cranking down on militias. They had government involvement and plenty of other domestic homegrown activities. And so the playbook has kind of been going for 30 years. It's just that, you know, now you've got even more lumpen proles and disgusting violinist type creatures that are the ones doing it. And I, I think that we will see more of that in the States, especially like we were just talking about how in the midterms, right, that happened this year, that disgusting fat whale, uh, you know, Latinx creature that was talking about, oh, you know, Zoom. Too fat really even for me. Yeah, like, I mean. That's, that's an indictment right there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so all, all the things that just come to my mind in, in this is that, well, we're going to see more of it there. I, it will, you know, that's the other thing about Kyle Rittenhouse is that he got off on this skin of his teeth, Yeah, you know, like there was no way yeah. in, under any other situation. Right. I, I don't, if it were a different, if the circumstances were different by just a, a hair, right. Say one mm-hmm. of the people that was, uh, off by Kyle in self-defense wasn't say a disgusting, you know, sex offender or something like that probably would have been a lot different. Yeah. Um, and so I just, it, it's not in the way that we want, right? It's not going to be some base or a guy literally released from mental institution that way, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think also the way, like, I remember, uh, when he got off listening to the radio, I think it was, um, news talk 610 or something. And the, the way they portrayed, like in Canada in general, the CBC, you know, and the national, the way they portrayed the, the case was like, basically Kyle was like uh, up on the judge's lap and, you know, he's like, yeah, basically it's rigged. And, um, you know, like that's like that, that was how the normie leftoid media portrayed it as like Carl, Kyle Rittenhouse had like, it was like, for some reason it was like rigged <laughs> in his favor. Like it's, totally ridiculous when you actually look at the defense and you look at how the the guy was badgering him and like essentially breaking a lot of precedences just to try to hang him like who was the what was the guy's name Beringer, the the persecutor um oh binger 
Binger, Binger, was his, Binger yeah. Because yeah, everyone their own set of Binger memes. Because he had like he was holding the AR, pointing like towards the he had the the Reddit you know safety finger. Yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah. a good time. Good time. Yeah, and he was. Um, I, I remember when the judge flipped out on him, which I believe I hypocrite has those compilations on his channel. Yeah, like he's like you're on the border, right? I don't know what you're doing right now. Which he was. He was on the border of essentially violating. Kyle's constitutional <laughs> rights, you know, and I believe he was an Obama appointee as well as a persecutor. Some there was some Obama things going on behind there, but you know, that case won't happen again. But I feel like this goes into mass populist protests as well, and how the regime will contain them because there will be more. I do predict that housing will essentially tumble within this decade in North America and or well, Europe. I mean, forget about it. Um, a lot of major American cities, if they approach Vancouver and like city of London levels of like housing becoming like absolutely unlivable and affordable, what do you think that will happen in the coming decade? In 2022, I mean, I think the awareness of, um, which was, I think was a, a hidden story because of the war and the truckers and everything was uh, the whole like discourse around black, black, uh, black rock and a lot of the acquisitions, I believe, in 2022, there was a huge acceleration of them. So that's another hidden little Easter egg from 2022 that will influence the decade. Uh, it's really, I guess what we would say is, given the pictures of what's happening, where does the North American, because we know what's happening in Europe, but where is the North American city going to look like this decade in the 2020s? I don't what think we've seen happen? it yet. You don't think we've seen it yet? Okay, so my, here, here's my here's my take slash argument for it is is that, um, you know, like a decade culturally will always end. You know, four, five, six years after the after decade the ends. Yeah, like the 2010s really doesn't end. I think until 2014. Um, yes. and there's usually yeah. some culminating event that brings the end of things. Like the 90s ends in 2003 with the invasion of Iraq. Yeah. Um, you know, like that was the final nail in the coffin for the 1990s was the Iraq being invaded. Um, yes. cause that was the more publicized of event between the two invasions. Uh, whereas, you know, I think the 20, the two thousands, um, finally comes to an end probably around 2012 with Barack Obama's reelection. And what I would say really... Gamergate, but <laughs> Gamer, well, I think, well, really the, the great awakening, but I think yeah. it really kind of kicks yeah. off with Obama's second term's desire to fundamentally transform the country. Um, a Gamergate definitely is probably the final nail in the coffin. And yeah. that brings about the 2010s. And the 2010s don't end, I think, until uh, 2016 with Trump. And so I think we're, I, I and even then, right, I don't think that like the, well, no, I mean, like, the 2010s don't end with Trump. I don't know. Maybe the 2010s just ended in on January, you know, two years ago, maybe. Yeah. That, that, I think that's a it good did. thing. But I don't I don't know what the... I don't think we've hit what, you know, 2020s culture is going to look like yet until maybe <laughs> this year or next. I don't know what the next big event is going to yeah. look like. Maybe the war is the event of the 2020s, right? Where I think so. The, where think it really so. is. And I think that there's a really good case to make for that because really the domestic stuff doesn't matter because we're getting to see what happens when you start plucking at global supply chains. And I mean, really you could say the coof was because that's when it really did start where, Oh, we have this great interconnected world that we were promised to have in, in the 1990s with the world trade mm. organization and all this stuff about free trade. And now all of a sudden, 
what did it br- usher in? Well, it brought in a new generation of warfare um, yep. because unless you're physically on the ground, no one knows what's happening. Um, I mean, you can have a the ambiguity good, of war. You can have a really good happening. picture, but it's still really yeah. ambiguous. That's why I opted not to cover it. Uh, at yeah. least, it's, in, in terms of like a regular sort of war report situation, there are much better people who can do it. But then, secondly, what did we also get? Well, what came with globalization was a global panopticon, and so yeah. what did the Western world enter? It entered a biomedical security state, which has ushered in all the sorts of transhumanist shit that we see from like the Davos crowd. So, yeah. Uh, maybe that well, really is the, the the 2020s is the decade of of the you know transhumanist age to come. It, yeah, because I think that well, again, like in my article, which I maybe I, I keep pumping up, uh, it's <laughs> it's sort of like the feedback loops of media and and meme plexes and a lot of the sort of currencies of the online world becoming also fil- like filtering into common day reality. The war is a pretty good example of that um where it seems that the sort of impermeable uh methods of like social cloud or standing or legitimacy that in things that aren't very readily apparent but are apparent in the online world and takes a little bit of time to like leak out into meat space those things have all accelerated in 2022 essentially um but like for example like when it comes to uh like with your reporting, you know, I've I've followed the war pretty closely on the ground because I do believe uh, that there will be massive geopolitical implications into the decade, uh, de- depending on what happens. It's already started. I mean, it's already for, started. Yeah. I mean, between the two biggest ones, it's going to be about global distribution of food, primarily wheat, because yes. despite agreements that have been made, right? What do Russia and Ukraine provide the most of towards the UN's World Food Program? It's grain. And where does yeah. that all mainly go? The Middle East and Africa. So we're going to see, yeah. I really think, famine in the next couple of years. And secondly, you're going to see, quote unquote, climate refugees because of said the war. And it'll just get yeah. labeled as climate issues. And then the second yeah. one is about um, technology. Because what did this war also do? There are two companies inside Ukraine that produce, what, 60% of all semiconductor grade neon for manufacturing that almost grinded the world's like chip supplies to a halt yeah. when the war started. Still has. And so what did that do? It kick-started great power competition again between the United States and China. You got the USA Chips Act. You got the Taiwanese Semiconductor Manufacturing Company trying to move some plants to Japan and America and Arizona. And Japan is this close to like tossing Article 9 of the Constitution out the window for them to be a fully armed country again. I mean, yeah. I think you already saw it. And I think it's here to stay. Like, um, and that, that's like, what makes it really dangerous. Yeah, there are turbo American people that uh, that that feel that China because of the zero you know what thing that they're essentially that they'll experience pushback and they'll like go back into just managing their Im- immensely large population. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think they can because to even just manage one billion people, that's going to require geopolitical expansion. I like. China is not the China of the 15th century. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not the China of the opium wars either. Yeah, um, no. but. The other issue is is demography. This is where I I have to give Zion some credit. Is is that like demographics are going to matter? They are going to age. In, in a they, have a huge, man- they have a huge demographic bottleneck in China. Yeah, I mean they they do. With men and with yeah. men, uh, the sex ratio is ridiculous between the number of men and women. Um, some men just don't want to get married. Neither do some women. Uh, on top of the fact that you have roughly close to 200 million people in China. Last time I checked the numbers that are over the age of 65 as is, and that number is only going to grow. 
Yeah. And so I, I mean, that'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming years, which is why um, I think that we're going to see a lot more. I think we're going to see a lot less, uh, say, when instance, like in in the you know former Soviet republics, when China invests, they they typically are against localization, right? They don't yeah. want, you know, um, although the one place they didn't do that was Kazakhstan, which I find interesting. But they they don't like they don't want native. Like, there were re- tribal reasons for that. Like, yeah, in, in yeah. The leadership in Kazakhstan, yeah. Yeah, but like they, they didn't want like you know native Kyrgyzstan's you know individuals yeah. to to like be the heads or to work in the factories or whatever, right? You know, yeah. They wanted Chinese leadership there. I think as, we're going to see a little less of that in the future. Um, and I think that my in the predictions I told in, in, in to Schwab right when he did his twenty twenty three prediction space was the two big things I, I see geopolitically happening that are going to kind of get the world's attention. Um, is one, I think we will see some ecological disaster get a lot of Western media attention this year mm, mm-hmm. about about electronic waste because we ship it Ooh, off to Africa most of the time. Yeah. And they usually just scrap it with substantial damages to the environment, not to mention their health. So yeah, that's what I was gonna say to them themselves. To, to them, you know, cancer. The kids poisoning. picking apart the, the computer chips. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. it's uh it's a sad sight to see. Yeah, but, very sad. Uh, uh, I think that they'll get really concerned about the ecological consequences of that more than they do the Africans, which that tends to be the case all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the second thing is going to be that in order to counter this Chips Act thing, I think you're going to see tr- like 19th century natural resource geopolitics play, play a game once mm. more because mm-hmm. China still has a pretty substantial leverage on rare earth minerals and elements. Everywhere, and Afghanistan, South America, Africa in particular. All the places yeah. that they've been happily investing in. Um, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> who's yeah. been the largest investor in the lithium triangle since 2000? It's been China. And who has a growing relationship with CELAC? Um, you know, this sort of yeah. counter-organization of American states. It's China. And what have they started doing? They started sharing intelligence about, you know, uh, counter-narcotics operations and investing in telecommunications. They literally got the country of Uruguay in the last two years to flip its position on the national recognition and sovereignty of Taiwan. So that's one less country out of what, 13, 12 now that recognize Taiwan as an independent country. Absolutely. I mean, that's a whole different ball game there. Well, apparently China is also aiding in the negotiation talks in between Erdogan. Is it Erdogan or Erdogan? Erdogan. Um, Erdogan and uh, Syria and Mm -hmm. Afghanistan. Yeah. So China has its tendrils in the Middle East because of Afghanistan, which ironically enough is what Zbigniew Brzezinski predicted in the 1990s, unless America were to have invaded. But what did they do for 20 years in Afghanistan? Nothing. The The British would basically, like what they did in Afghanistan in the 19th century, which is, or 18th or 19th century? 18th century? 19th. Yeah, 19th, which is essentially if they have any resources, they'll set up some crown corporation that'll go in there and, you know, essentially a minister, like some, you know, like the the East India Company, right? Like it's, you know, America did not do that with all of the rare earth minerals required for computing power in Afghanistan. Or the, you know, I mean, I guess they did it with the opium, but like that, we didn't have to admit that one. But it's, it's a fascinating how we didn't do anything besides rudimentary policing and administrating in Afghanistan. Maybe we, we taught the girls about... Um, you know, I guess we taught them about feminism, but that's, you know, we, the rare earth minerals, forget about it. Right. It's, but that's what I mean. Like, I, I feel like geopolitically, this was the year that 
will have massive implications into the future. Um, now, what I was going to say is I think people, two American people, you know, saying that China will essentially regress into themselves. What populations near China has a lot of women besides North Korea? Um, the Caucasus, Russia. Will there be a voluntary golden horde? Basically, the Russians will let in Chinese men. I don't think so. Maybe. No, no, <laughs> I don't see that no. one happening. They uh, certainly don't like African women in China. So that's off the table as well. I mean, most of Asia doesn't like African populations in general. That's why even well, Japanese like laundry commercials, <laughs> oh, you know, they'll God. put the black Terrible. guy in the washing machine and out comes a Japanese man. Um, I, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, that'd be Americans don't know racism until they've traveled abroad. That's all I'm yeah. going to say, folks. Yeah. But uh, no, but what I mean is that what will China do with this excess male population? Like, because China, like, out of all the places that think of their population as human stock, I mean, we hate to say it, the Chinese, the Chicoms, you know, they, there's more blind spots than people think, though, when it comes to day-to-day -day administration of people. In big cities, yes. But in those heartland um, industrial provinces, there's a lot of things that go on that they don't want the West to know about in terms of, like, corruption and the housing crisis in China, which is a crisis, by the way. But when it comes to, I think, Xi Ping's ambitions into the next decade, into this decade, and what he wants to do by basically cementing his like quasi-Maoist position, the only man to seek a third term, besides Chairman Mao, if I recall, um, it's I think he knows what needs to be done in China. But it does seem kind of like an insurmountable task. But I don't know. I mean, is it good for America then? Or is it bad? Or is it, you know, the rest of the world? Uh, Europe? Uh, I think Europe, there, there's probably people in Europe that are looking to China saying, well, I guess if America's turning us into a vassal state and doesn't care about us, maybe I'm better off with the Chinese. Uh, the, the, the Australians have no choice in the coming decades, I think. Uh, the Australians apparently just bought some HIMARS, which I don't know why. I mean... They're, a, they're an island. What do they need them for? Right? But I guess, I don't know, some kind of deal. Maybe Furious can educate us in that. But, uh, <laughs> no, but I think, like, Australia, Canada, we don't have a choice because our relationship is so cemented with the Chinese. But in the coming decade, will China ensure their geopolitical position? Will they start to ignore orders that are given to them by the UN, which is basically America? And I do want to go back to your point about Americanization this year as well. That will determine the... the the next decade. But yeah, go ahead. Where, where do you see China even going in the future? Do you think that they will take Taiwan with Xi Ping? I mean, who knows, right? I think, I think the smart thing for them to do would be to take it without a shot. Um, yeah. I, yeah. That's why, I mean, I think if you could start pressuring and doing much more political cultural leverage, that, that would probably bide your time because economically, I think it's a lot more easier to, finance and propagate elections and to uh illustrate your point culturally uh through media broadcast memes it, yeah the whole bit there i think it's a lot cheaper than it would be to do a full-on slugfest with the united states and you know the pacific fleet that keeps you know getting closer and closer but at the same time right they also when you know they had the whole bit about taiwan over the last two years we've had some major clashes i mean uh, what happened this year? You had the the whole Nancy Pelosi Taiwan visit that kind of felt like this really big showdown, which turned out not to be. And um, 
So well, I, in the sixties with Russia, they had a few of those. They had more, well, more than a few. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we almost went to nuclear war in the sixties <laughs> over Cuba. Then the mean, Americans had to get involved and said, "Well, we don't exactly agree with nuclear war." And the Moscow capitulated, I believe, under Brezhnev, and it's like, "Well, I guess nuclear war would be bad for the bottom line," you know? Yeah. Uh, you think? <laughs> I like to think that that's the case for even our current <laughs> our current conflict. Is is that you know nuclear war is bad for the bottom line? Will these raw dog neoliberal like market oriented <laughs> folks will they finally get to the point where like <laughs> maybe radiating the population and you know decreasing our workforce by twenty IQ points is probably not a good idea. But then again, yeah. maybe they do. So well, um, maybe the, the currency will be bottle caps in the future. So oh well, boy oh boy, aren't I safe? You know. <laughs> but but in terms of china's population where do you see that going i mean do you think there will be massive population stagnation and that china will zping in particular will start to panic or maybe who comes after him well it's like um, we talked about on the the new year's stream right like there is going to be a demographics bomb i mean our the, the tfr in all parts of the world has been dropping dramatically for the last 20 years it's not just the western developed world right and so yeah. I think that it'll be an interesting case study to see what nations do what, because the Western option has been what they like to call replacement or replenishment migration, uh, where, oh they're, where they're easier to control in major metropolitan areas, which is why yes. you're, you're watching cities from Atlanta to New York City to Austin to San Francisco turn into, I mean, all almost every major city in America is kind of slowly turning into New York City. Whereas other countries that have a much more homogenous viewpoint, a much more anti-immigrant xenophobic standpoint, I even hate to use the word xenophobia. They're just not xenophilic. They they have a yeah. love for home and, and people. Like I, you'll see issues that happen in like Japan, where they don't really take in any immigrants at all. And those that, you know, come in, if they apply for aid, they just say, go back to wherever you came from. And so, mm -hmm. and, and their population is precipitously declining. And that's a huge concern where there are, there was an article I was reading just the other day where it was talking about how like a Japanese uh, farmer had no one to give his land to. And so he just gave it up to anybody because he had no children. He had no bloodline left, more or less. And so I, it'll be weird to see. I think that'll be the interesting thing is, well, do nationalists or right-wing governments or more, you know, non-immigration countries, what's their solution to the, the demographics bomb? I mean, yeah. Hungary is kind of trying, and I think that they're kind of beginning to turn it around a little bit, or at least trying to stabilize it, which is a good thing. But yeah, um, it, it seems dead set in America and most of the Western European countries that unless you see complete regime collapse, that we're going to get the, uh, the, the quote-unquote replenishment. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, that's, I hate to say it, but that is a logical outcome unless something major happens, especially in America. I think America can do it. Most other Western, like Western European countries, forget about it. Uh, they're done for. Um, maybe Russia will have a population reawakening. Um, but that would, I mean, that would take a lot. I think America certainly at this point, maybe has the tools to do it. Uh, but I don't think that like memes about like, you know, homesteading or like, I don't know, like uh, eating uh, raw liver are going to do it. I think <laughs> you see that girl, by the way, the. the oh, God, it was yeah. awful. Roar! I mean, God bless her for trying, though. But we all know that 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 has some. We as default we're, friend. We're, we're, we're enabling this. 
I think we're enabling this in a lot yeah, of ways. I mean, it's pornographic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that it's just something that um, people want to have it, you know, like, like the whole Waffle House thing, like we just talked about earlier. Everyone wants, I guess, everyone wants a woman that they can say is like, that's my girl. That's my like mascot. That's the, yeah. which also I think is kind of a, a sad inversion of, and I think that there's something this kind of gives credence to Bat's point about why does he do the men thing over the women? Because yeah. it's just like, well, you know, uh, fit men that could rebel against the system are actually far more terrifying than some woman that swats a chair away in a, in a waffle house to the people yeah. that actually matter. But so many people, I think they just, they, they want a waifu, right? Like they want yeah. an idol, which, you know, I, yeah. eh, not my, not my cup of tea, but you know, I see why people do it, but I just think it's the, world's oldest profession with trad kitsch aesthetics that's what i tweeted out earlier yeah. and i stick by it i remember uh I, th there was the other day i think he deleted it though uh my my good friend uh, fentanyl blow blow dart who i think will be on the show soon uh, uh, he had the tweet about a total I, I love i love names like that <laughs> that's my mutual that's fentanyl blow dart that's, that's my, fentanyl mutual. Dart, my that's, mutual you know just it's great <laughs> yeah yeah um he had this tweet about like, given like how however many people are in like the e right on Twitter, maybe about nine men total meet the requirements that holistic honey has for a man. So, like, I want to talk a little bit. Speaking of, like now that we're talking about populations. You saw the whole kerfuffle, um, battle beagle, harmless yard dog posted that graph of like uh like the requirements that most women have under the age of 30 i believe only like eight percent of the male population meets them did you see that yeah um yeah yeah the, so the pop I, the, the coming the millennial yeah. cat the millennial woman mental health apocalypse we've talked about it before in the show but this decade we're going to realize it as they move into their mid-30s so have at yeah. it. Have at it. <laughs> I, I, well, no, who, I don't know who tweeted it out in response to that, but he, I think it was I hypocrite or somebody. He had said that like the real interesting metric is going to be uh, burnout, older millennials preying on younger Gen Z men and women, and that yeah. we're going to see some like the age gap discourse come right back here, in dating. right here, late bloomers. Let's fucking go. <laughs> There's hope for you yet, older millennials, if you haven't <laughs> shacked up with somebody. And I mean, that was the other thing, too, is, is that this is something that sort of the Ryan Stone and Red Hawk crowd have been talking about. Is this like, yeah. look, by 2030, almost half of all women in the United States are going to be single and working. And so act accordingly, because that shit ain't changing. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, I also have a PayPal do donation from Khalifa, but he's... Uses his real name. But when we get to the Super Chats, just remind me, Khalifa. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that... Um, you know what's funny? There was this uh, like post-left person that I, I tweeted about, but then I deleted it because you know I, I don't want to like incur the ire of people uh, for posting about my own displeasure with the state of uh, modern women. But there was... Uh, she said, like, for every time a man talks about the preference of women lowering preferences, it reveals their own inadequacies. But I'm thinking, like, if it's true, like, demographically, only 8% of men are in the percentile of, like, what women believe that they want yeah. because of social media, because of dating apps, because of, like, nonsense of, like, you know, the, the fem cell crisis among, like, millennial women is incredible. Um, I feel like their argument is, like, well, it's the same, like, 
ironically enough, when these leftist women or these, you know, rad femmes or whatever talk about how men, uh, it's terrible that men want women to lower their standards. It's the exact same discourse as like boomer normie cons that yeah. say man up and marry them. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, I feel like the solutions that are proposed on the individual level aren't going to cut it in terms of like, um, raise your standards or for women, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the advice given to young men in the coming decades will become irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and I feel like this year, the fact that we have gone out of the Covidian era without logging, like logging off on mass and the, the summer of love has been, you know, thwarted, right. That, you know, people aren't like, it's the same relations. People are still more terminally online than ever the solutions given to young men by like, I don't know, like get good or like whatever, like that's not going to cut it anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, no, that's and not realistic. First of all, economically won't be realistic. Well, what, um, what, what makes it yeah. more slow geo is, is that all aspects of what the dating and sort of like the intersexual relations are going to look like in the future. That's all the, the intersectional bubble is going to crash in and just, and it already yeah. has. Right. But it's only going to get worse. Like, Today on Unheard by Kat Rosenfield. Is it racist? Oh, our, like... our friend of the show, Kat Rosenfield. We've read yeah. her articles before. <laughs> yeah. Um, friend, frenemy of the show. Friend frenemy of the show. Of the show. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, um, literally the tweet, I, I, I think that they may have changed it, but someone had screen capped. It was, are white women allowed to have big butts? And it's just like, well, Whoa. this is the state of the discourse, ladies and gents. I got nothing else to add. <laughs> Donald Trump gaming. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Oh, man. By the way, sneak those super chats. I'm not seeing them, but come on. Guys, I turned 30 <laughs> years old. Come on, guys. You gave Prude some love when he went on his birthday stream. <laughs> you people, you know what? I'm going to start just randomly banning. No, I'm not. I would never do that. I'd never. People, you know, people like, uh, I'll, I'll turn, I'll be like Amazing Atheist that one time with fake Sagan where he's like, you give me $1, you're banned. You know? <laughs> I would never do that to anybody. I would never do that to you. The loyal geo cells. But anyways, um, <laughs> um, uh, no, but I, the demographic situation, but I, I think like, again, there's no, when you logically look at these like black pilling charts, like, okay. The reality is, is that yes, people will still get married. People still will find each other, but really realistically, I mean, it, it's sort of like, uh, <laughs> when you like look at the sort of, the social conditions around you and the messages that are put out there the the past you know decades i mean millennial women in particular i mean look at how you know the messages they were told when they were younger right like there's no real easy solution to this I, you know you know what i mean like I, I just when i see these things i i sort of pause and i think to myself realistically what would it take to, to awaken a sort of like a care, like, you know, I mean this in the Heideggerian sense, a care of, like, you are thrown into these conditions, therefore you have an immediate identification with them, that you must be concerned with them. That's what I mean by care. Yeah. What would it take for most people to, like, besides, like, terminally online weirdos, to, like, really care about the implications of it? You mm. know, because, I mean, I think the average millennial is just looking to, like, find, like, carve out a piece of, like, existence, more or less, and like, that's good enough. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I, I don't have, 
I can't think of anything at the moment. I think that you're also going to see that couples with this really nicely is just a crisis of meaning. I Not really, true, yeah. I really think now more than ever. I mean, COVID had the sort of like the weird Catholic Twitter article and a lot of like uh, the sort of niche religious revival on sort of the left and the right. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that you're going to have like, there's going to be a really deep existential crisis that will come not only for just older millennials, but I mean, there's been all these like weird, and it's like looking, it's like looking through, you know, the looking glass of just like, oh, there are people that are posting about their lives about being a quote unquote stay at home girlfriend or a stay at home yeah. wife. Oh, I said, do you time. see the the cold healing one? Yeah, we're two kids and there were like two corgis. Or... Yeah, it was two well, dogs. look at this. By the way, Prude, sorry to cut you off. Look at this in the chat. Look at that. People now they're sending one dollar <laughs> just to troll me. They're sending one dollar. You have you have my. Uh... You have my welcome oh. endorsement, everyone in chat. I'm a happy man. Oh my god! You have my endorsement. That's amazing. That's incredible. I can't, I'm not even. I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. As soon as I talk, I brought up the, the amazing atheist where he bans people. <laughs> Geo cells vindicated. Yes, Ace, you're absolutely right. Oh they are. man. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that's Dance for the money leave. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that's incredible. Anyways, go ahead, Prude. Sorry. Cody is our Cody is our strongest soldier in terms of memes. Yeah he, is, yeah. he is our best, he is our best meme soldier, and I love him for it. Cody's a great guy. You should oh, follow him god. at Cody Browning on Twitter. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um I don't the know. The X Files posts are amazing. Oh, the, 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 the pro white X Files are yeah, so Wignat X Files. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh man uh, the, no there was this thought that came to my mind because I have bought over the course of 2022 a few books based off Charles Haywood's recommendations mm. and um, he recommended back in I want to say April of this year he recommended or he reviewed he reviewed Fitzpatrick's War which is this like really old 2004 work of like speculative fiction where like the the, it's this Yukon empire of where it really just started about the Midwest and like the mid 21st century where things got really bad. And eventually the, the chuds rose up and they had their own little, you know, J six moment, but they won. Right. And they kind of started trying to reclaim the world and their image, but they had regressed technologically. They had their own kind of Butlerian jihad and they do things mm. on like, blimps and light aircraft and things like that it's sort of this retro futurist style look at what happens if like you know based world actually happened yeah and yeah. um but you know the thing that really struck me about the book was that yeah it has things that the right kind of knows really well you know great man religion the issues of like middle and uh, you know, coastal America and just where things are going in terms of technology. Like this book's really, it lays out a case for what could happen kind of well, but I yeah. don't see, I don't see technological regression outside of, well, I, I do see it in sort of the, I see stagnation rather I, than regression. I, well, yeah. Stagnation is what I think I'll, we'll see more of rather than absolute regression. Although it does worry me when, you know, there are some pieces of technology that we may just not have the people for, you know, to maintain mm -hmm. the brain power. Like the IQ shredder will eventually run out of people to, to bring in 
and new talent, especially as the demographics bubble hits. Yeah. And so I get yeah. concerned because it's just like, well, what do you mean we don't have someone that can run an MRI machine? Or what do you mean we don't have someone that can repair it? Um, yeah, I'm not, I don't know if it's going to be like complete catabolic collapse, but we're going to see even in sort of the quote unquote market oriented American health system, which Lord knows has its own problems. Um, I think we too will see, you know, Canadian or uh, British style wait times because we may not have access to equipment. And I mean, that's the other thing that COVID and the war has also done has created yeah. widespread shortages on virtually everything. Um, European bakeries are having an egg shortage problem. And mm, I, I just I, I, something I just saw earlier today on that issue. And I was just like, well, damn, you know, like things are going to get really bad. And uh, I, I don't know. I think it's important. However, despite all of the, the doom and gloom that we talk about, I think it's important that, if you're on this side, you probably saw some of this coming. Uh, and if not, yeah. you were listening to people who definitely saw it coming. And then secondly, I think that we kind of, I don't know, we can't be completely, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say doomer about it or anything like that, but I just, I don't know. We can't, we can't give up, I guess. We can't be completely demoralized because that's something that I have noticed in the last couple of years of 2020 uh, of the, of the 2020s has been like abject demoralization cranked yeah. up to 11 and yeah. I mean, it's cool that Christopher Rufo and them get to do what they want, but I don't think you should follow libs of TikTok. I'm sorry. I don't think that's good for your health. Um, I get it, right? Like, look at these crazy people and, like, watch them, you know. Or Clown own, World. Yeah, or Clown yeah. World or things like that. Or Telegram has some, you know, like, art, you know, slur uh, of TikTok, you know. <laughs> um, that's my favorite one because sometimes it's just really stupid people, not yeah. objectively political, but... I don't know. I think that sometimes I, I, I will see someone retweet a libs of TikTok tweet and I'm thinking to myself, this kind of feels demoralizing if I got to see this day in and day out on my Twitter feed. Um, I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm sensitive to it or whatnot, but it's just like, I get it. They're disgusting. They're evil. They are all pederastic, disgusting creatures from hell. But like... They're all they, transmogrified, yeah. Yeah, they're all... Tra you know, it's like the, the Geo map guy where they do all the memes about click and they guess the right you know ethnicity like, really accurately yeah um, yeah that guy yeah uh but i don't know i i for one think that i i i think more now than ever it will be really important to have the sort of martial spirit to discipline yourself to not mm. give into that kind of like huh do you see do you see look at how bad things are we can't fetishize um we can't fetishize it i think and i think a lot of people do yeah I think it's funny because uh, there was this tweet that Basil had, um, who also may be in the show. Uh, he had this tweet about how, like, anyway, he posted a picture. It was like Kevin Sullivan and and Rufo and uh, who's that other the the National Review? Uh, David French, David French. And he's oh, like, he got a job at the New York Times. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he's no longer in the National Review. No, oh, very double dips. Does French still write for the review, or I thought he did that dispatch thing or whatever? Oh, maybe. But Kevin Sullivan's on his own in Substack, so oh, of um, course. But ba basically, you know, because Basil, he's a gay man himself, right? But he like knows the the magic, right? He goes basically these people, and oh no, sir, it was a picture. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, Rufo. It was Barry Weiss, and uh, and Kevin Sullivan and, and David French, who is spiritually uh, whatever. Um, even though I believe he's a leftist. 
Oh, I was going to say, like, because Barry Weiss is a lesbian and Kevin Sullivan's gay. Never mind, never mind. Oh, well, they got the whole queer spectrum then on display there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but but the fact that David French was in the meme, never mind. He's got a wife, but I don't know. I don't want to say. He's, he's probably a little bi. Yeah, he's like Lindsey Graham. Well, no, actually, Lindsey Graham's pr- pretty much gay, right? Like, uh, uh, Yeah, I don't I think... believe I've asked you this, like, for three shows. Is <laughs> I'm of the gay? firm opinion that Lindsey Graham is a deeply closeted homosexual that has But he's like the John southern King. closeted, like, the gentlemanry, the gen- like, the gentry type of southern gentleman. He's kind of got that Gillette voice where he kind of lets you know that he's not that light in the loafers, but he really is, just in the way that he talks. That's why he's got to talk up a big game about the U.S. military, nothing more, nothing less. He's got oh that God, kind of so uh, aristocratic um, queer yeah. uh, voice. He's and, like the and guy that really that... sucks because there are two people that I know that talk like that. It's Lindsey Graham and Christopher Sandbach, and Sandbach is the straightest man I've ever met. And it's just like, yeah. well, you get one or the other. You either get, you know, gay Lindsey Graham, Graham neo conservative, or you get base Southern identitarian historian Christopher Sandbach. Yeah. One yeah. or the other kids. There's no the in other. between. But it's funny because Graham, he's kind of like you know, like the the guy that helps out of the church potlucks. And he's like down. He's he's like, why is he single and still living with his mother in his forties and fifties, in in the smaller town in you know in the Midwest or in the in the South of America? Like he's even in Canada, we have those confirmed bachelor. <laughs> I'm a confirmed exactly. So, but anyways, the point. This is a very long digression. Um, Basil said that essentially the job of these people is to refine the excesses of woke so that the Cthulhu can still move leftwards because the battles that are being fought now, they will be mediated by the moderation of people like Barry Weiss and Kevin Sullivan and David French. And then later on, when there's the other culture war battle a year or two down the pipeline, that older issue will have been null and void because then the sort of the fake right, the the, the Barry Weiss containment centrists, they can like wash their hands and be like, you know what? We're cool. The Eric Weinsteins of the world, they can say that, you know what? We won that battle. We've, we made fun <laughs> of the woke. And there you go. But then the woke of yesteryear, they will move the discourse forward. So that is the job of the dork web. That is the job of those people. And I believe in the 20, and I believe this year and during COVID, those people took a massive hit of legitimacy. I mean, Jordan Peterson, especially. But I feel like that type of um, after Gamergate, these people were ascendant. The 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 dark web. You know that picture with Joe Rogan at the dinner, yeah, like I mean, Sam Harris or or the or the Barry or back when Barry Weiss worked in the New York Times, the like yeah. big profile banner of like six of them. Yeah, um, yeah. But what, what, yeah. But what are they though? What are they? They are yesterday. Not maybe not Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan's a different kind of character. Although yeah, he fits yeah. In with yeah. this, what were they? What are all these people? They were yesterday's new atheists. Yes. Every single right. one of them were yesterday's Richard Dawkins followers, Christopher Hitchens lovers. They were all new atheists. What is James Lindsay? James Lindsay, at the end of the day, no matter how much he wants to call it neo Marxism, neo race. No, what's the new one now? Postmodern Gnosticism. Yeah, postmodern Gnosticism, whatever he wants to call them. At the end of the day, oh. he's a really disaffected white new atheist that got really upset that, the, that yesterday's woke that wasn't him. You know, because what was yesterday's yeah. woke? It's the same thing that Kimberly Crenshaw and all the others 40 years ago were talking about. It's always going to be focused about race. 
It's not about, you know, yeah. enlightening yourselves with your own knowledge because that Twitter comments like 10 years old. Yeah, it's old 10 today. years old, but um, yesterday it was the 10th year anniversary of A.L. Lewis is uh, enlightened by my own intelligence. Enlightened yeah. by my own intelligence comment. And I mean, that throughout the window. Why? Because all states are, you know, all political formulas are innately theological ones. And so what do these new atheists get really upset by? <laughs> well, they got upset because it, it, it went to the one wedge issue that no matter what you argued, no matter what you talked about, it was immutable. And that, of course, would be like racial yeah. differences. And so where do they, well, they have nowhere to go. They hate the right wing, but they also hate what used to be their compatriots 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, and I really do think that they're going to continuously take a hit. No, I don't think they will take a hit. Because what is James Lindsay really good at? I mean, kind of like a quasi-containment. But also at the same yeah. time, like, really good at breaking down that sort of like, well, you know, we really need an open, you know, they're the liberals of yesteryear. We really need this open marketplace what? of ideas. We shouldn't what? silence liberal professors. Yeah. And him and Peter yeah. Bosnian and all the others. It's just like, well, you know, this is, I, I would like to see that trend die in 2023, but I think they're only going to get uh, a larger and larger audience unless something. Really? I think so. I think that they're sort of, these are going to be the guys. That's, I think James Lindsay and co, I think will be the ones to succeed Peterson because yeah, you know, he's got his daily wire gig, but I mean, Pearson's on the decline. For he's on the reasons. decline, at least in regards yeah. to his mental health. I, I think that we'll see. I think we'll see something because I mean, they learned their lesson from like the 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 the, the teen years in the in the 2010s. They know they know when to cut mics and have security escort people out that want to gripe them or whatever. Like, or I uh, leave Twitter spaces. Or yeah, or Twitter spaces. Yeah, as we recently discovered a few <laughs> earlier this week. Um, and yeah. so I just think that, and have a pity party online when people criticize you for your midwit to your book list. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that these guys kind of serve as effective containment in a lot of ways. The Lex Friedman's yeah. and the, and the Peter Bosnians, the Barry Weiss's, the dispatch, the James Lindsay's of the world. I don't Vocal think they're, distance, yeah. they're not going to go <laughs> vocal distance is a joke, but I mean, these guys aren't <laughs> going to go away anytime soon. And I think that it's going to take some. I think it will take a substantial a paradigm shift or B some kind of like life altering politics event akin to Trump that has yeah. to put them in the ground, not yeah. Yeah. in a, any sort of violent way. I'm just saying ideologically discursive discord in terms of the discursively, something will have to ground, put them yeah. in the grave. And until yeah. then they're going to be here for a hot minute, I think. Yeah. I feel like um, the, the Twitter files really revamped them. In my opinion, Musk gave them a W yeah, because of the the he journalists, all a bone. Matt Tappy, yeah. Barry Weiss, all of them. Yeah, um, Lee Fang, uh, who is not of th that ilk. Like, I feel like the professional journalists, rather than like people that just pretend that they are, like the mm -hmm. Weinstein's or Joe Rogan, like those people were thrown a massive bone. Matt Taibbi, Barry Weiss, um, Lee Fang. Uh, no, uh, who else was given a Twitter file? Uh, I don't know. They've done so many now. It it. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, it's nice to have receipts for stuff I already knew, but yeah. 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 Well, I know Ian Chungus has his paws all over it too. So that's another thing, but, um, Oh, the, uh, outsourced Republican talking points generator. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I meant, I, I meant, uh, Imaz Chung, not Jack Posobiec. Oh, yeah, but, well, oh same, same difference. Outsourced. <laughs> You know, Republic. I mean, he's the quintessential Republican. He's outsourced labor. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. At least Jack Posobiec's a spook that glows that will, you know, do anything to instill that Poland starts the next world war. But you know, yeah, 
maybe maybe if the Kremlin could call him and say, listen, Jack, listen, I know you don't like us, but if we could give Poland Lviv, will you will you start Z posting on the timeline? And Jack Posobiec would be like, yes, I will. Thank you, Putin. I know you're going to deliver us Lviv. That's all I want, even though I live in America. And my wife, you know, that's all I want, okay? If, if, if you guys can work all the way up from Chernayev and deliver us Lviv, then I'll be happy. Then, I'll, then Jack Posobiec will literally start Z posting. He'll start talking about desatanization. <laughs> That's terrible. That's <laughs> he just glows. That's all. Yeah, but uh, no. Anyways, um, yeah. So they were thrown a bone, but I think that in the coming decades there will start to be more. Um, I think the E right will start to solidify. Certainly, left wing forces. Um, they. I here's one thing I will predict: one white pill. Okay. I think certain E influencers in terms of like the leftoids, um, one of them, the, the, the queen of Twitch, if you know what I'm talking about, they're going to take massive L's. I think soon. Really? I think that because of behind the scenes, I think that there's a powder keg of information there. That's why. Oh, another thing that happened in 2020, the, the Kiwi farms thing. Oh Yeah. I think the reason that these people at the helm of, and, and it was an inside job with people like Ben Collins, that's fate. Professional journalists were behind the scenes orchestrating that campaign with this person whom I'm not going to name because, you know, the, the, you, but you know who I'm talking about uh, in the comments. I could probably, uh, let's, yeah. See, we I, have I, a pretty I, smart audience. Let's yeah, give them yeah. credit. I think that the reason they freaked out on the Kiwi Farms thing is because there's a lot of skeletons in the closet of bread tube and the Twitch people. And I think in the coming few years, there will be leaks and they won't be able to contain it. I think that's why they, they freaked out at Haya. That apparently that's her first name, Haya, not Chaya. I've been saying it all wrong, but no. of TikTok. I think that there will be people that, um, these people are inherently unstable and the leftist influencers, I think that they're going to piss off people within their own camp. It's already happening. And there will be massive info dumps on bread tubers, Twitch streamers, influence, even the stuff that they've admitted in public. Like the fact that Hassan Piker admits that he frequents a, uh, you know, prosties in, in a brothel in Turkey that was pegged for uh Human trafficking, trafficking. Yeah. of of let's call them little people not to say the name on youtube uh the little no, ones the but, little ones you know, yeah he, he yeah. deserves a, a millstone around his neck but i mean well, as, as christ would say in minecraft in minecraft in minecraft but, uh, well, uh, you know yeah but the point being is that i think even just publicly the stuff that they've admitted to i think that there will be in either this year or next year the year after that there's going to start being a sort of infighting backstabbing effect with the bread tubers, with the Twitch streamers that we saw with the anti-SGWs. Um, because literally the only guy that survived that is our man. Our man, Carl Benjamin. He's the only guy that survived the chaos. You know, now that, uh, you know, but anyways. Uh, well, that, that I think that's another yeah. thing that we can talk about that, I guess, I don't know, I've since it's a new year, I feel like it's, an, I know we're talking about just 2022, but like, yeah. I feel like the last, two years really yeah what what died in 2022 like really has been dead at least probably longer but what's like been dead it's been nothing but uh bread tube's dead 
Yeah, I mean, the, I think they're they're kept alive by the people that interact with them, and I mean, like glow in the dark money, their little yeah. niche audience, and glow in the dark money, where Hillary Clinton starts a podcast tour, or one of her guests is contrapoints, like, oh boy, whoa, whoa, you know, like, or you has- just you saw the Martin tweet, right? With uh, with uh, Vouch, where he quote tweeted, of course, Martin deletes all his tweets. Yeah, but I screen tapped it. <laughs> yeah, where where he said um. He said, like, to Vouch, like, you have how many, like, 500,000 followers, and you can't get, like, barely 20 likes. Like, he goes, literally, without bots, these people are nothing. We own the discourse yeah. on, on the Heaven site, you know? Without, now that Elon's turned off a huge number of the bots, like, they're, they're panicking right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I but mean, what were you saying about in the future, like I, I, content I, in the future? Yeah. Oh, well, about, well, I mean, it's dead for right now. I mean, that was the cool thing about 2022 is, I mean, like BreadTube for me in terms of like, it, I don't see it as the a way, force. the power that it had and the force that it had is gone. Um, I do think the default friend prediction though, about what that might mean for the right uh, is kind of, I think will come true in a lot of ways that like the right wing influencer circle discourse thing I think that, you know, we're kind of slowly having our own parallel to that, or we always have, right? Oh, like we have, you know, like the the meme about how, oh, this is all garbage, right? And it's like Jack saying, you know, Demon Mama, Vouch, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we've kind of got all that here oh, too. Jack Saint. Um, on the right, you know, oh, you've got like Bab, Rag, Nationalist, Geo, you know, AA, Morgoth, Millennial Woes. I love you cetera, put me above Geo. Um, <laughs> me above AA. Oh, I just put you all down the list. It's, it oh, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. But like, yeah. you know, oh, like, oh, all right wingers, new right or whatever, right? Like, I feel like that, we're, we're going to see that happen. And where the fight is really going to come down, I think, for right wingers in the future is going to be against like, really shitty post-liberal media bits like you know rog nationalist just did a pretty much live tweet response thread to sorha barmani's article from Compact. oh the lifestyle right i was i was as soon as you mentioned that i was thinking about the sarah barmari the lifestyle I, right bap is going crazy. that force is not going to go away for whatever no, reason no. this like sock dem with a splash of you know uh catholicism based integralism not, yeah this is this is i really i mean for mule it gets memed it all the time by bap and such but i mean like the real issue is going to be well what do you do with a bunch of like uh sock dem style you know critical theorists that think that no there really is room for us to to carve this new pathway forward and where you know we can take actual legitimate rightist complaints and then you know transmogrify transmogrify them and appropriate them for our own ends which is why um i that's my problem. I think that'll be the big fight going forward. This is, uh, you know, and I, I think that, you know, the overlap between media face Lord figures and journalism and their yeah. discussions with the nons, that's not going to disappear. No, you know, like uh, on the, on the birthday stream, like we had Grayson Quay on, I mean, and I don't agree with him on a lot, on, on a lot of issues, but you know, like they, he talks to us, you know, that's kind of interesting. I think in some regards, not to say that, you know, Brother, he's pretty independent are... though i mean he's yeah, of he's, that he's class pretty, but he's not like of, he's pretty independent like, he's got an editorial yeah. position i mean that's good on him in the same way that others will talk to us and i would like other people besides say claremont and a few independent journalists to to say that but they're going to keep coming back because in a way yes we kind of have discourse but at the same time we also don't have a lot of power either um we kind of up we are kind of pigeonholed yeah in a lot of ways into a very specific commentary class and i think that's a yes. problem 
going forward? Because what, what does everyone talk about? Well, you shouldn't just be on the internet. You really got to, there, there needs to be more than action. You know, don't use this as a digital escapism, friendship simulator, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like we are kind of pigeonholed into that. And the primary problem that I think that the right, the e-right will have to deal with in 2023 is its own patronage networks. Because yes, myself, everybody in sort of these spheres, what's our patron network? It's been traditionally- It's you guys. It's you guys that we're all fighting after. We're all fighting after for a little bit of your money. We're all fighting for you to mail us that typewriter. We all want that. We all do. But we're all fighting over the same uh, small piece of the pie. It's a very small piece. And it keeps getting smaller. This is what smaller. distributors said, yeah. And he's right. And this is going to be the challenge yeah. in 2023 is how do we overcome the fact that our patronage network is the constantly harangued and hated and drying up and withering middle class? Because if not, like, we're just as much victims of Dejuvenelian's process as anyone else. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we have to learn how to expand our patronage networks in that regard. And I think that it helps to actually produce real physical content. Like Man's World is great. The latest, uh, you know, I Am 1776 is great. I, having zines and books and things like that is good because I can say, oh, there's a service. Oh, you know, Semyagog wrote a book. Oh, you know, like Geo's writing a book. Oh, well, we have a network where we're going to- Oh, you could buy my paintings. I'll have my website up. I, I just have to stock yeah, it. Yeah, like Gio has paintings. Matthew the Stoat has paintings and they have sales yeah. and things like that. That stuff helps. Because yeah. that can help attract a different class of patronage. But that's going to be, I think, the big challenge for the e right in 2023 is, well, how do we get people that aren't regular middle-class chuds like us to give us cash? Exactly. Um, and that also comes with the caveat of, say, well, do I want to be owned? <laughs> yeah, I hate to say, I know people are going to hate this, but, you know, they know my position. The, the, the one who's really perfected this is default. Because her audience is not traditional right-wing people. It's like I wouldn't Boomers. call her right wing either. No, exactly. It's Gen Xers with kids. It's like Zoomers and like like basically Silicon Valley people. Like, yeah, there will be. I think like my fear is that there will be a few cropped voices in the E right that the sort of uh, Theo Horowitz and Dryasen network will take from, and the more radical people will be left in the dust. Um, apart from like now that especially cryptocurrency is going downhill. Um, uh, people in like the very, like the, the ghettos of the far right They're you know, another thing too, without verbalizing it too much would be the big wars in the E-right this coming year by the summer, I feel are going to have to dissipate to move forward. The tension at the top is not good. It's, uh, I feel like going further into the 2020s, there's going to have to be a moment where we all say that, well, listen, we're all kind of in this together, more or less, because our enemies consider us basically the same. Yeah. And us, like, having these constant beefs and wars with each other, fighting over the same resources pools, like, it's... Sorry, fighting over the same resource pools, it's not going to work. It's... There's one massive fight that you know who I'm talking... The two people I'm talking about. That issue has to be resolved this year. Whether or not, like, and I can't predict the future because the real, and here's the thing, here's the thing. I'll tell you the little secret, having witnessed a few e-wars myself. The people that go to war with each other on the internet, they will still have their audiences. Maybe they'll have less of an audience at the end of them, but more or less nothing will change. 
even if there's a huge blow of confrontation. Look at all the people after blood sports, apart from the few that left. Yeah. A lot of the men just like they'll do their own thing, they'll go into obscurity a little bit, or they'll go out on top, or they'll survive like Sargon because he changed himself. But more or less, when these big kerfuffles happen, uh it, it isn't as seismic or ground changing as people think. Apart from people that like just totally leave because they were totally embarrassed and humiliated, which that has happened, or they convert to the other side like they become red tubers. Um, I, I don't see like I think things dissipate more than they blow up. They fade out more than burn. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I feel like the energy between the one big E war that I'm referring to, I don't see the energy being there by the summer of this year. I mean, I hope not, but like I feel like even if there is like a big blow up confrontation that will basically pit, you know, man against man, um, that will divide people. Um, I, I, I don't really see that type of politics going forward. I feel like there's going to have to be a moment where you say, listen, the autistic slap fights that happen, they're not doing us anything. Um, that's maybe a charitable assumption. Or realistically, more of the same will happen. There will be new, There will be a new crop of people that will continue on their war against each other and uh, nothing will change. That's the black pill. Nothing will change is the real black pill not things going downhill or things changing to the better. The real black pill of stagnation in the internet age is entropy. That is what the real black pill is. Whether it's the neoliberal order or it's the inability of the E-right to do anything realistically or like, you know, the st stagnation in the internet age, that is the real negative outcome. Not things dramatically going downhill because even a downturn of things will present people dramatic opportunities. Uh, if you get what I mean, like I'm just, I just don't mean internet politics. I mean, on the grand chessboard of things, downfalls will produce outcomes that are surprising, but stagnation, that is the real black pill. That is the real, the, the real negative situation, not, not collapse or not improvement stagnation, the, hmm. the order of things remaining as they are. That is the real problem. But sorry, I'm just re I'm just no, no, you're you're good, myself, you're good. You know? No, I I think that one of the big problems, though, is and I I don't know who broke this down, but I'm going to sort of regurgitate it because I think it's, it was very keenly accurate. That I saw earlier this week was that well, a lot of leftoids kind of know their place. You know, they know who to follow, who to listen to, what orders to go through. They know where they sit yeah. on the intersectional hierarchy, which is going Ace to dominate. Has a good question here, by the way. Who? Where does Big Spence fit into this? Uh, I don't know. I think he'll continue to enjoy his double cup of lean and try and reintegrate himself into some other kind of camp. But I don't think yeah. he's. I don't think he's out for the count yet. I think he will try and reinvent or bring himself back in in some form or fashion. I don't think he's done. I'd keep an eye on him. Um, but you know, who knows yeah. what he'll do. But I think that the the point that was made, and I, I really wish I could remember where I saw it from, but. You know, like the leftoids know where they sit on their intersectional hierarchy. They they know who to follow. They know what to do. They know what orders are. Right. The every prophet the, in their house. Yeah. Every yeah. Right. In your house. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas whereas on the right, you know, a lot of people do want to be the guys that say follow me. And you know, we're in a competitive. And again, it's also we're all making money off of this, so it's all going to yeah. be market driven. We're all going to want to compete. We want to up our production quality. We want to write better essays. We want to write better bangers. We want to do X, Y, and Z, and we can't stop because if you stop, it's death. Yeah. And so well, what does that encourage? It does encourage fighting and it does encourage slap fights. It does encourage 
you know, long posts on Telegram, Twitter threads, back and forth, hating oh, on one another. Oh, God, the Telegram posts. And yeah. they're all there. Yeah. And we're all I've kind done of, a few of them. I, I denounced part of the post left, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of that, I, I see it continuing unless... I mean, I think it, it'll stop a little bit come recession. Because yes. yeah. once it's like, oh, this isn't making me money, you know, that might change it. But mm. I, I think that by nature of the fact, and it's also, this is why I think in 2023, you have to solve the patron question. Because if you can solve the patronage question, maybe people can evolve from fighting. Because the difference is, it's it's different from say, oh God, was the whole, no, that was last year uh, or the year before. When was the whole tomboy abs thing, the AA and such? Yeah, last year. 2021 or 2022 late 2021 late 2021 okay okay just trying to remember but like what what was smart about that attack is that you weren't going after righties you were going yeah. after centric quote-unquote centrists and liberals and lefties you were going after adam and sitch and you got a few people to join you your subscriber count went up your channel memberships went up and things like that that i think is going to be kind of acceptable start poaching the center start poaching the normies start yeah. poaching the yeah. consumer type for people who might want something more than just oh here's a seven hour nuanced discussion on something where i'm not really going to get anything out of it that's smart i don't think and I, I guess this kind of goes back to the the sort of the two bigger things that i noticed in the discourse near the end of 2022 in december was charles haywood and Rodre are going at it oh um, yeah yep. uh, Dreyer's been in the discourse longer than I'd like to admit because he also was partially responsible for doxing somebody and getting them fired from their job. Uh, that unfortunately is still a reality that we have to live with, and that you mm -hmm. can't fully trust these establishment well, types. With, in any way, uh, with friends like Rod Dreyer, do you yeah, with friends Antifa? like Dreyer, who needs enemies? You know, who needs Antifa? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> who, yeah. Who needs Antifa when Rod Dreyer can get you fired from your job for believing in basic things that are on the right that were that people believed maybe 15 years ago? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And um, or even like normie people still believe, but they really don't want to admit it because if you admit it, then if you, you admit know. it, it's over. You know, it's yeah. it's like it's like Peter walking on water. The moment you look down and see what you're doing, it's over. You know, you your faith crumbles. Well, even if you look at marriage demographics in North America and Europe, I mean, it's largely still like mixed race or mixed uh, mixed um, religion and mixed cultural marriages are still the minority, if I recall. Yeah, they still are. Yeah. I mean, even dating apps have their own data from OkCupid to Tinder that will tell you. People still prefer inside their own race. People still prefer inside their own traditions or religions and make very few exceptions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, that is still the norm, despite as much social engineering is that. And that's the other thing. The 2022 was the year of Lizzo for. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. And I mean, even Steve Saylor tweeted that out yesterday. Like, listen, there's been a huge push to promote obesity and that the new standard of beauty is fat black women. And it's just like, yeah, like we see it all the time between that God awful Gatorade commercial uh, or Lizzo, you know, desecrating fucking James Madison's crystal flute or whatever. Like it's, uh, it's been a year of demoralization. It has been a year of unprecedented levels of psyoping. And I don't see that stuff stopping either do, do you i wanted to ask you this because josh neal and jefferson lee covered this okay um it was a tweet the guy follows me actually um on content on my solo variety mega show on patreon i sort of had an unsympathetic take to him but uh he did, did this tweet thread his name was um something revival he's got a picture of uh 
he's got a picture of a black version of Robespierre. (laughs) Um, But he had a a tweet thread about how 2022 was the year that like the sort of online schizos like really took L upon L in terms of their predictive powers. And so he was saying that the E-right in particular and like the schizo right wing that they predicted their predictions fell flat in that, you know, Bolsonaro. Um, I don't know if I could say anything about that election on YouTube, but just tear on the side of caution. Bolsonaro lost fully and fairly and no funny business. Uh, so Bolsonaro. And now is in Florida roaming a Publix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Bolsonaro took an L Trump 2022 took a, I would think a massive L in terms of his power to garner support for 24. Um, the, the, you know, of course he added that, like, you know, Russia did not sweep the whole of Ukraine in like a month. Um, what else? Well, Uh, I mean, isn't just black Robespierre, like Toussaint Lovachore or whatever, the black guy that pretty much led complete, you know, destruction. Oh yeah. The Haitian thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. But anyways, uh, if you go to the video, um, that they did on, on Tyler, Tyler Hamilton, the theme search channel, they, mm-hmm. I forget the exact handle, but I know the guy follows me and he's he's a good poster. I mean, it's a bit of a black pill, but I wanted to ask you this in particular. Do you think the predictive power of not just us, but also like the online schizophrenics in general have sort of lost their meme magic and muster? That 2022 was the year where everything we predicted from the red wave to Bolsonaro to Trump to the war in Ukraine, that all of that stuff is sort of like out of our hands and that the regime has like, you know, the turbo America regime uh, that, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, they actually took the the major W's and we're all fucked. And like Nicholas Salado said that like in 2023, we're just going to get more of the same. We're going to, what did he say in January? He said um, the beginning, he said, you remember the tweet. You remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're it'll, we'll be taking more L's, and that this Turbo America stuff's going to go the way that it does. Yeah, but what do you think? Do you think twenty twenty two is the year that Me Magic died, or uh, I don't know? Funny how we started this podcast the very first episode on Me Magic, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's different between like there's a clear and delineated difference between schizophrenic posting and people who notice things. Yeah, for instance, Battle Beagle you know, harmless yard dog notices things and we'll take a look at large macroeconomic trends and we'll tell you quite clearly, this is probably what's going to happen. Yes. And by, and I mean, that just takes an autistic amount of research and I don't know what he does for a living. You know, some say he glows, some say he doesn't, some say he works in logistics. I don't know, but the guy's been pretty dead on. And he's one yeah. of those kind of guys that will literally just look at the data and offer you probably the most statistically likely prediction. That tends to be what's been happening. Um, I mean, I, I kind of got it wrong. I didn't think that Russia would invade at the beginning. I played out two scenarios. Me too. Yeah. I said, I said, if Russia doesn't invade, it will have to maintain a show of force like it with its mobilization to sort of, Oh, if they started, if they started invading and bombing the, the Donbass, yeah, then they would. Well, yeah, but I had two takes at the beginning of the year on that. I said, if one, if they don't invade, um, we're going to see a continued like ramp up of arms and aid to the Ukrainians and that, Russia will really have to tell the Americans and the rest of the world to not get involved by having its military on its borders at all times, which only, or they invade. And what's going to happen is that you're going to see a rather long and drawn out slugfest akin to, akin to Syria. And it's going to be, it's going to be a meat grinder. And 
what do all meat grinders be, you know, that we're not directly involved in? They get to be a really cool place for the world to test out new toys. And that's yeah. exactly what we've watched play out. And that is the unfortunate. Well, that's what Ben Braddock said. But, yeah. And I mean, yeah. there are some people that got it right, I think, but I don't, I don't know that. Cause I feel like the red, the red wave stuff felt like, well, cause on one hand, we all saw what happened in 2020 and it's just like, well, you know, once that cat's out of the bag, you're never going to have a trustworthy set of ha results happen ever again. I mean, nope. Plus, we saw the regime really come out to play, and by that I really mean McConnell. And Without Co. saying too much for YouTube, but you know what we're alluding to. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the elections, the Great Fortification. Um, yeah. And so, I, I just think that I, I don't know if we're out for the count. I mean, were we really big? Were I mean. Yes, we I all think twenty twenty two was such a demoralizing year for everyone that a, the me magic was sort of in a, in a fuzz. Yeah, I don't. But that's the thing, though, is because I still because I know people who got stuff right, and I know that that's yeah. sort of flying in the face of well, just because you know people, that doesn't mean that the aggregate trend is incorrect. But the, I think I think what the revival meant was the greater wisdom of the schizo poster, the e right, the the me magic Kekistani people. Oh well, then, oh, yeah. I'm in, I'm inclined to give that far more sympathy sympathy yeah. than people that pay attention to logistics. But again, he, I think he was reverberating Scott Greer as well because Scott Greer has been like just all this year has been hammering that predictive power of meme magic to say, well, actually, no, guys. Realistically, the regime will find a way to like defeat any sort of wish fulfillment that you might have. Um, well, that I, think, I yeah. that I that I agree with. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because I mean, even I am seventeen seventy six bit that one pretty hard with their making of a senator Ben Braddock interviews Blake. Oh bit. yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, there was a lot of people popping happy little blue pills to really get you know hard on for for Blake Masters, and we're gonna have this new based you know cesarean senator that's gonna walk into the halls and become a U.S. senator and get sworn in, but that didn't happen. Um, yeah, and instead we, you know, it's not just Canada equality does matter, but I mean, in, yeah. Yeah. in regards to well, why are we running literal morons like Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker, um, which Herschel Walker is even more depressing because your white wife thought it would be smart to double down on trying to get the black vote in Georgia as a black Republican and not the 210,000 white people in Marjorie Taylor Greene district that didn't vote for you, but voted for Kemp. Just oh you know, God, yeah. racism yeah. still exists. Is you know, just saying. Um, so yeah, I mean, wish fulfillment is difficult because you can't just meme less deplorables and you know call it a W anymore. I mean, I don't think it holds the same power that it did before. The way that it holds power is in the way that Christopher Rufo holds it in power because yeah. he's playing. And for all the criticisms that you can levy against Christopher Rufo. He has done far more than any shitposting campaign on Twitter, 4chan, Armana forums, or anywhere else you hang out um, has done. And that's going to be, I think, the other key question of 2023. As embarrassing as it is to admit. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge L on our part. I mean, yeah. but at the same time, it reemphasizes something. What do you and I do right now with this podcast? We are the commentary class. Yes. Would we like to break out of that? I do. I mean, I... It's partially why we have the old glory club started in 2022 is for the purposes of the money that we raise and the focus on American culture that isn't, you know, the usual normie take on history is because one day we would like to use that capital to host events, 
and also most importantly to bring back mutual aid societies in America because that used to be tradition. And when someone like our friend that was unfortunately, you know, led under the firing and doxing by Dreyer and co, mm-hmm. I in the future we can support those guys or at least give them more assistance because yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the big problems that really do exist for the E-right is, well, if we're going to be commentariat, we have to be really, we have to be more effective at it. And I think that the M1776 thing, or I, however you want to pronounce it, that's kind of a good measure of it because they're, for as much flack as they get by some people, they're not, it's, that's a much better product than say townhall.com or yeah. whatever, you know, the Daily Wire is putting out. It's closer to quote unquote, our guys, because it's literally published. And has articles written by our guys, uh, Oren, myself. Have you put one out there for them? Yeah. Okay. So you, I've been in there, but I've been lagging on writing for them. But yeah, I I had a big one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do one of their movie review ones. uh, Yeah, it's gonna be put out there. But I mean, if Mark, if Mark does another like issue three on something, because issue two is about Florida, I'm like, what am I gonna write about Florida? Um, if if issue three is, I hope he puts my my essay in there for issue three because I made it in the top ten articles of 2022 so i'll ask him uh but no i feel like with blake masters that was a case of he didn't win because the republican party didn't want him to win no yeah they pulled out millions of dollars to go yeah um uh, they put out millions of dollars to go because he's got everything. He's got he's got the image he's got the family he's got capital behind it he's got um the the messaging He's got the person like you, you could like cultivate a younger guy like Blake Masters. I said this on stream before you could cultivate him, mold him, get him a Senate win. And then maybe one day he could be the president. If the Republican party thoroughly feels that they're threatened enough to cultivate a younger and more radical crop of politicians. But the Republican party doesn't like the idea that politicians actually want to do something. Exactly. That's the biggest, that's, that's the biggest. That's the biggest hell that sort of the quote unquote right in general took in 2022 was that it really showed how little you can really get done if you do not have institutional control. Exactly. Because again, the state of exception is those who can manipulate procedural results to get the outcomes that they want. So like earlier this year, what did we see in 2022? We saw the great Martha's Vineyard debacle play out. Oh, God, the government yeah. Do? The government used the Trafficking Victims Protection Act because some Democrats Democrats in Bear County, Texas, said those people are trafficking victims of a crime. And because of that, uh, they get visas to stay in the country. I didn't know that about the, the Democrat, the, the the activist judges in Texas. Yeah. And, oh, my Democratic God. Democratic DA did it. And then the feds were like, oh, that's a TVPA issue. These wow. people get visas. Which also goes to show that our Trafficking Victims Protection Act laws from 2008 are totally, they need to be revised. Yeah. The, well, trafficking in the southern border is a very complicated issue with human smuggling and sex trafficking and uh, the people that are dumped there. Like, uh, you know, I saw the Tucker report. Uh, oh, and you're, well, you're not near there, but like in El Paso, you, you used, used to live, live there. in El Paso. You, you saw that report from Tucker about the people in the airports, like literally just living in the in the bus terminals and airports till they get shipped off God knows where by the by the DA, you know? Yeah. So um, in Canada, I noticed recently there is some blackpilling over Peter Palavra, Pierre Palavra, like, uh, I, I think it's not good. It's not good. I mean, obviously, the the establishment people in the Conservative Party are basically pulling the same moves as the Republicans. Like O'Toole saying, like we have to calm down. Like it's like just 
get out of here. You know what I mean? Oh, we can't have the, the fuck Trudeau flags anymore. Like it's, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, come on. I feel like that's, there is some instability. I feel like Palavra has to really hammer down his messaging before 2025. If he wants to really, um, if he's serious about toppling Trudeau, uh, Trudeau Jr. I mean, uh, then there's going to have to be some serious things that serious moves. He's going to have to really get on point. He has been good with messaging so far. He mentioned the opioid crisis when someone asked him about like the rhetoric against like, Oh, why, why are people so mean? The, the conservatives, don't you care about people being rude? Like he's like, no, people are dying of overdoses. People are having their income stripped from them. People are having their housing robbed from them. You know, he, he get, he gave a perfect answer, but uh, no, but in America, yeah, I, I the, the GOP, I feel in the, this year and the, this decade has to change. There's no question about it. If you want people in America who are of our persuasion to survive, that's, there's no choice. There's no people like Mitch McConnell have to go. That's like, they have to step down. Oh, uh, I don't know. They're, they're all old. Right. So, well, know, yeah, the, the, the day of yeah. the pillow for them will come eventually just by, yeah. By natural biology. But I mean, we, I think we talked about this a few episodes ago, just the sheer age. Like I think both Chuck Grassley and Senator Dianne Feinstein, they're both 89 turning 90 this year. Yeah. You know, yeah. holy shit. Who's going to go first, Soros or Kissinger? That's the pool I'm on, that's baby. It's, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know who I said that to. I think it was Matthew the Stove. I was just like, that's what my money's on. Who croaks first? The man that has created the post-war international rules-based <laughs> order or the man that wants to make sure that there can that, never be a homogenous European country again? Yeah, exactly. Which demon's going to get slayed by father time first? Mm. <laughs> you know? I'm, my money's on Soros. I think Kissinger still has a little bit of life in him, but oh, they, they can't let Kissinger die. He still is on the foreign. <laughs> he's still on the president's committee for foreign affairs in terms of advisors he can call up. I mean, yeah. I don't think, Kissinger in a lot of ways is like Metternich. He just refuses to die until like his baby is finally destroyed. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like they're gonna need him. Say if um the Russians they have a huge mobilization and they pull all the way to Chernyiv. I feel like they're going to probably send Kissinger in there to talk, to talk to Putin. That'll be like the, cause you know, it's funny. Like I know that the like, Kissinger, listen, he's evil. He's terrible. He caused untold human misery throughout the world, but he has been sort of moderated a little bit in terms of the excesses of the American empire in recent years. Did you notice that? Like his articles, I mean, maybe they're ghostwritten. Maybe he's up on stilts. Who knows? Who knows? But I mean, weekend at weekend at uh, Henry's. You know, but uh, weekend. <laughs> well, weekend. <laughs> weekend at Henry's. Uh, I um, mean, yeah, he's been a little more conciliatory towards the yeah. rising powers, both Russia and China, which I found to be rather interesting. His China writing, I feel, has been quite interesting. Yeah, he's he, changed you know a more lot since he yeah. put out World Order a few years back, uh, or yeah. you know, almost a decade ago, actually. So, I mean, his positions have definitely evolved. But, I mean, you have to understand, he is probably, for all the Machiavellian evil that you can ascribe to Henry Kissinger, he is an expert on two things. One, he is probably one of the most cunning Machiavellian-type balance of power-style politicians. Oh, yeah. And two, he's the most foremost expert on of the 20th century on uh, Clemens von Metternich. 
And I mean, because yeah. that's the guy that kind of created the Congress system, who created the balance of power sort of idea for the European states. And what has his project been trying to do as long as he's been alive? Trying to maximize that as a way to maintain a balance of power on a global, he's trying to put it to yeah. scale. And so yeah. I'm not surprised that his rhetoric's changing because there are other powers and other pushes to have things counteract what the American system is doing. My question becomes, and this is sort of the interesting thing that I, I didn't get to bring up with uh, when I was with AA talking about Turbo America, is just that, well, yeah, things are kind of going well for them based on the case that Soldo is presenting, but you have the USS Bonham Richard fire, you've got, you know, JP5 and some aircraft carriers water supply that they have to have filters for. Where the hell are we going in terms of military readiness and competency? Because yeah. we are not the same United States military of 2003. No, know? but that's what I mean. That's why the predictive power of like people, for example, unveiling like China, unveiling like this meme jet fighter that they have, that people are saying, well, this is going to spur in America to basically freak out and like fortify their military industrial complex with new technology. Um, we had this. We still action. do that, though. I mean, we still. Yeah, do. yeah, yeah. No, there was, I mean, we were having this back and forth in our DM group with uh, World's Greatest Dad about this. Yeah. And he knows more because of his connections, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I I think the problem is that the core of the American military industrial complex, the war in Ukraine is really exposing that the, the gearing up for the war on terror that happened for 20 years, that that's fundamentally different than the Cold War, than Vietnam, that because you know Vietnam, they they still had endless resources that they could throw into it. Not that it made a difference in the end, but it could have. Maybe it could have potentially. I mean, ask Thomas Seven Seven about this. Uh, he, he has a few interesting takes on Vietnam, but no. But in terms of the core, I mean, the actual industrial capacity of armaments that America can produce, it's not 1960 anymore. It's not even 1980. It you know I that's. They can produce more tech and they could potentially hard test it in Ukraine because I do feel the war will still be going on by this time, maybe by the summer at least, but maybe longer. I mean, by this time next year, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, we don't know yeah. where the what the world order is going to look like in 100 years. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the one part where I hope Battle Beagle is wrong is that, you know, he, he had laid out the prediction of uh, expect a low yield nuclear weapon to go off in 2023. Mm, uh, I'm very much, uh, this is the one part where maybe I'm coping, but I'm on team not happening for that one because yeah. I don't, yeah. you can't get, you don't have one go off. It's never, it's never one because yeah. once you, once that, you know, thing is out of the bag, uh, it is almost, I don't see it happening to reel it back in. Yeah. Um, although it was funny because my, my parents uh, were watching, they watched that Jack Ryan obvious, you know, predictive programming garbage um, with the oh guy God, in the yeah. office. And mm -hmm. they're, they're, the third season just came out or whatever. And the whole the guy bit, that BAP allegedly knows. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and the third season just came like out. The, out of all the camp on schizophrenia, that was like the funniest one that he went to school with Jack from the office. <laughs> yeah that he knows what's his name krasinski or whatever yeah. um that's a very that's funny but uh no what was the whole plot line of the third season is is that some rogue elements in the russian government want russia and america to go to war and uh a low yield nuclear weapon goes off in the czech republic 
Just that's, such a, that's such a stale plot line. That's like an oh, 80s it's like, action movie. Well, well it's Tom True Clancy's lies, right? Jack Ryan. You know, yeah, it's yeah. peak Cold War shit. But at the same time, I'm just thinking to myself, hmm, you know, the context of this war. But again, that's, not, that's where the schizo posting gets you. But, you know, it's just like, hmm, you know, kind of funny in the context of current war. But yeah. that's just me, you know. Yeah. No, but I another thing, too, I predict would be... um. Maybe not the summer of this year, but maybe probably early 2024. If there is massive crippling food shortages and grain shortages from, you know, Ukraine and Russia. Um, if there is, if, if, for example, the Russians take back Kherson city and if they go up to Nikolaev, up to Odessa, um, and there is huge grain shipment shortages they're gear up for probably small scale regional warfare happening in Africa. A lot of those countries will look to China. A lot of them will be armed by China. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, now that Victor boots out of the can, well, um, that and, go um, back. Yeah. they'll have Turkish drones that'll happen there. As yeah. The well. dollar store, Turkish drones. Um, but here's the difference though. Here's the difference. And this is what me and Gordon were talking about a little bit. The Turkish drones in Ukraine are not that effective because the Russians have just found ways to shoot them down. But in Africa, they will be effective. They don't have nearly as much capacity for surface-to-air missiles on the cheap the way that Russia does. Uh, and But of course, I mean, you can't compare because both of them have been, you know, in the east of Ukraine have been militarized on both sides, obviously, for, yeah. for eight years now. In Africa, those drones will be effective. The Turks... We know that Erdogan has an investment in the in the company that what do they call him that guy? They call him the Turkish Elon Musk, the guy that makes the dollar store drones. I don't know his name off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, I forget. Um Erdogan be Erdogan because he's making deals with Syria, because he's strengthening his relationship to China. China has basically the access to the Horn of Africa now. Um there will be a lot of drone activity. If there will be war in Africa, it will be over resources. It will be over food. And um, like it happened in the early 90s when we went into Somalia, right? Like and Canada went there, by the way, too, by the way, in Somalia. Um, that was because of the massive famines that happened after the uh, the economic downturns that happened in like the late 80s, early 90s. Um, mm -hmm. Imagine that times 10, Right. There will maybe there'll be another regional like a Congo war again. Maybe that'll spark up uh, the Middle East in the coming decades. Um, if America and that other nation and the greatest ally, um, if well, they it's, like, it's like that space that we were on. I do think that that country, for regardless yeah. of whatever your opinion is on for that on the nation of Israel, yeah. it is probably going to be one of the largest geopolitical power players in that region for a significant length of time to come. And I think that they're going to flex a lot of their foreign. Uh, policy yeah. muscle in 2023 because again in the ancient world that was the place to be the holy land was important not just because it was holy yeah. but because you had access to trade i mean with between belt and road and the current conflict and how close you are to turkey russia ukraine the mediterranean the black sea as well as the rest of the middle east which includes yep. the gulf that country is going to be more important for anyone wanting to put significant leverage in that part of the world region whether it be in sub-saharan africa or in the Middle East for any length of period of time to come. And that's why yeah. this new government under Netanyahu, who's now what been the prime minister for what the sixth or seventh time now in the last 25 years. Yeah. You know, what's yeah. the first thing that they started doing? They changed the rhetoric on Russia. And I think that right. we're going to see a lot more of that diplomatically play out in 2023.
What, how have they changed? Are they more like neutral on the Russian question? Yeah, or? they've pulled back a lot on the human rights hand wringing. I, I think it's because now they see that China's getting involved in the serious situation in terms of brokering a deal that they can't exactly flex their muscles against Assad as much as they would like to. Um, I feel like probably in 2023, 2024, there will probably be some attempt by that particular, by Likud to interfere with, with Iran, which I mean, they've been wanting that for 18 years now, maybe yeah. longer. Um, I think that the, the, the riots from the, 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 uh, the, you know, the, the feminist, uh, the, the Kurdish people and the feminists, uh, the, the whole uh, protests in Iran, I feel like they would think that maybe the Iranian government, the revolutionary guard has been significantly weakened. Um, so don't I mean, they still have some substantial leverage in Iraq? They do. Well, they have nukes too. Well, they allegedly have. Allegedly you know, have. Yeah. Yeah. That's always yeah. been the debate as well. What do they have? What don't they have? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think I, we'll ever get a clear picture. No, no. Unless there would be like Israeli bombers hovering over Tehran. I don't think we'll ever get a clear picture of that. I mean, I, I do think that. Um, yeah. Cause we haven't seen another, at least that we know of, yeah. I should say. Because what's the last major thing that the Israelis have done in regards to trying to stop nuclear weapon proliferation? And it was um, Operation Think Outside the Box, where they bombed uh, Syria before yeah. oh. all the, you know, back in 2007. Oh, that's right. Yeah, in 2007. Yeah, yeah. Because in the 80s, they had Osirak. That was uh, another, you know, thing. That was the RBMK reactor. Uh, but no, but yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if the if the glow in the darks in America and the Knesset, if they try to if they believe that Iran has been significantly weakened, that mm. they'll we'll see some activity there. Do you? But do you think the 2020s will see a return to the Middle East, or we're just so burnt out for the Middle East that maybe uh, I don't know. Depending on how the war goes in Ukraine, right? I think yeah. that I I think that the Middle East is one of those areas of perpetual interest that is just not that we're go never away. gonna <laughs> we're never gonna but i do think that a, there will be an, in, a more renewed focus on central and south america for the united states in the coming you think decade. so in the yeah. coming decade i think that there will be a renewed interest and a renewed discourse politically speaking over the values and worth of the monroe doctrine mm, interesting. that i think will definitely yeah. come back but 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 which country though brazil or uh no um hmm. there will be concerns it, it depends on who succeeds. One, it'll depend on who succeeds AMLO. I know he's still in there for another year. Uh, who who succeeds him and mm -hmm. how strong does CELAC present itself? I think with Lula getting in office, who's much more of a corrupt leftist, um, then yeah. it'll be easier for CELAC to be strengthened because it's a primarily non-Western, anti-Anglo organization that's against the OAS. And so but you'd figure he'd be more pro Biden because of how they hated Bolsonaro. But Lula has actually historically been antagonistic to America at certain points, but also not as antagonistic at other points. Mm. Uh, so he's a wild card. I think that the I think the Biden regime, the, the Brandon regime, they were breathing a sigh of relief when Lula got in, obviously. But I think the problem is like Bolsonaro just isn't really that effective when it comes to like the the same flaws that trump has yeah you know what i mean like but i do think that lula potentially will shock the current regime in washington i think he's probably looking towards china and you know he's looking towards the uh the the shanghai economic cooperation uh because i feel like you gotta realize lula represents like 80s 
liberation theology leftism in South America, where they remember like the Washington consensus and like the whole like anti like anti-globalization 80s leftoidism in South America, they 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 will they will probably move slightly underneath the nose of the Democrats in America, um, assuming they win in 2024 again, right? Yeah. Uh, I hate to say it, but that's a pretty good bet. You know, well, like, I mean, that, that to has to, that has to be the lessons, right? That we, yeah. that 2023 brings is that people, I mean, Trump's already announced his reelection campaign. Yeah. I, I don't know if DeSantis will run or not. I think that he will. He will put up one hell of a primary slug fight if he does. Oh yeah. Definitely. And the question, but the question has yeah. been, and this is the same question that Pat Casey has is like, well, who's whispering in his ear, you know? Yeah. Oh, the neocons, obviously. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the issue. I mean, even when David French, when he was starting to get more attention, was like, he's way more like us than you think. That yeah. should have been some huge ass alarm bells for regular people. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, the the world is going to increasingly get more complicated. I think that the right has some very serious lessons that it needs to learn. And that, you know, it's funny. We talked about meme magic and how much predictive wish fulfillment it has. Um it really kind of dies when it goes in the wake of international relations and geopolitics, because yeah, you know, how much yeah. wish fulfillment have we seen from regardless of your take on the issue of the war, whether you're pro Ukraine, pro Russia, whatever. Um, what did we see? We saw a lot of people doing wish fulfillment at the beginning. I remember seeing debates between Greg Johnson and EMJ over this stuff. Yeah. And you had some of these like classical 19th century definitions of like Ernest Renan's what is a nation and, you know, we shouldn't have to be concerned about geopolitics. We have to focus on the agency of these people. And, you know, EMJ was just like, well, you're literally like this, the gay disco happening. Like we're watching the machinations of a much larger nation state with, you know, billions of dollars to bring to bear, not just in well, military. I, equipment I have aids. this tweet, actually. Let me go. There's this tweet by um, Tomlinson, who's usually just like a normie con yeah. here in Canada about the religious picture in Ukraine now. So this is from a few days ago. Chris Tomlinson, yep, they banned the old Orthodox Church in communion with Moscow. Now you have the pagan LARP LARPings in Azov, the new church worshipping St. Bandera, and the full-on LGBT CIA religion as competing state churches of Ukraine. So, and of course, uh, Russians with Attitude had this, um, this thread upon the history of, of Ukrainian nationalism on the right wing, how they weren't all Banderites, that they were different, but then when Svoboda came in there... And like, it's really weird how it became banderitism, right? But the reason I bring this tweet up is because we're already seeing that when there is a proxy, and don't get me wrong, it's a proxy war. You, We've all established this. That when it comes to those unseen cultural and religious and social impacts of the empire reaching its tendrils into your country, now we've seen the sort of stability that the Ukrainian Orthodox Church provided Ukraine as a whole. That now it's like this this mishmash of like competing new religions, right? Like it's so that's just one example, and of course, like in recent years in Russia, they've tried to uh, under Putin's consent, tried to like you know essentially reestablish the czarist power of the uh, Russian Orthodox Church in Russia. So uh, you know, I mean, for all of its faults and foibles, still trying to crawl their way out of the atheism of the Soviet Union and also the uh, the debasement of the population that happened during the 1990s, right? So, um, but but that tweet is an example, I feel, 
of those trends continuing within this decade that we're going to see the 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 empire of the west destabilizing these nations from their original you know religious and cultural and racial stock and also there's going to be the sort of weaponized chaos on the ground of trying to deroot those institutions within these countries and it, you know even ostensible allies like Hungary, for instance, Hungary is a good example of them, you know, trying to cajole and push their agenda forward. So um, anyways, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Well, I literally, you know, what I will tell people to not uh, to shamelessly shill is, is that a over a year ago, oh, actually a year ago in March of 2021, I wrote a video, I did a video called Detour, Detour, Deterritorialization in American Soft Power. This is mm -hmm. literally what the U.S., foreign policy is oriented is both using yeah. hard and soft power to deterritorialize cultures, religions, traditions, which is why Afghanistan shifted from a war on terror to being a war for women's education, equal rights and LGBT stuff in schools. Uh, and even now it's what we're kind of seeing here is just that, Oh, well we want, you know, rainbow flags for all. We want to uproot the native culture. And again, this is the sort of been the, the real impact of Americanization is just that we want yeah. We want Kimberly Crenshaw and we want sodomy everywhere. And uh, it's great demoralization. It's greatly effective. And because what makes it worse is, is that for American right-wingers, you start looking for a savior outside of your own country. And then it gets yeah. even easier for the U.S. State Department I'm, and the, U the FBI to look, to, to look towards Americans that are being like, hey, you know, this Putin guy isn't all that bad. Or, hey, you know. Like, Z Ping, maybe you're not. Yeah, not you know, maybe yeah. maybe the base Maoists are the way to go just to get back at the regime. And the FBI can be like, look at these domestic terrorists. Look at these foreign, uh, you know, um, psyops and fake news. They're being paid by dark money from the Kremlin or Beijing. Yeah, or they're spies. Or yeah. And so... You know, but inadvertently, Logo Dallas is a spy for uh, uh, the ZZ, yeah, the CCP, Ping, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> we had his hands up. <laughs> God, that's so funny. Look, look, look. Um, oh, shit. Oh, my fucking vape. Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna do the thing. Someone clipped that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. um, no, I mean, that's the thing that, that this is that's I think that's why that's what I said to, to, to millennial woes on my millennial appearances is that. What this year has really shown is that, you know, how prophetic unrestricted warfare was is because even now in this war of images and memes and ideas and theories is, is that how much of this are we unwittingly talking about and saying or reporting on or reviewing that is astroturf <laughs> propagandized yeah, and yeah. Uh, inadvertently things that will be putting me on a watch list that I didn't even know existed. And I think that that is going to only get worse in 2023 because let's face it. I mean, what are the, the, all the Russian ads about Christmas or American values? Oh and things God. Like that? Yeah. That is, yeah. that is pornographic to a right-wing American. Yeah. That is that porn. Is, yeah. I'm sorry. Like it, it's good. And he makes you want to salivate for it. Be like, damn, like, wow. Like really like, you know, big homo is really a problem and uh, I really don't like it. You know, um, we shouldn't call it the LGBT community. We should just call it big homo. Or, big, know, homo. Big, big homo the or big mafia. Slur. The pink you mafia. Eh, that yeah. gives them too much credit. Uh, yeah, true. That's an insult to hardworking Italians. Um, <laughs> so, you know, big homo is just like... Mm, and hardworking Russians and hardworking Serbians and hardworking... And hardworking... I'm Greek thinking of all the mafias. The Irish yeah. don't really have... They used to. They used to, but in North America. But... Yeah, especially North America. But they all started working yeah. for the NYPD, so I mean... <laughs> 
Yeah. There you go. They didn't need it anymore. They didn't need yeah. it anymore. They, they took over the, the, the racist NYPD cop. Whoa, that's another thing of racist cops. Um, there was this tweet I saw from this uh, anti Unoet account about like this schizo conspiracy that some police force is working with the proud, you know, what's mm. not that I like again, I think that they're. I, I don't support these people, right? But I'm thinking, like, objectively, though, what has the leftist groups been able to do? They have managed to get activist judges and police forces and marching and pride parades. And it's like, you realize that this is how real power works. But if the right wing in America, say, wanted to be like, you know what? We're probably going to go back to a model where if we have sympathetic people in positions of like local power, it's like, well, like this is like, I hate to say it, this is what you have to do. Like, like look at how many, like, again, like how can there be like activist judges in Texas and other, you know, well, Texas is like becoming a purple state now, but like theoretically a red state, like how can you have in conservative areas, little pockets of, judicial leftist activism or police forces or so forth. Like the only way you can really do anything is if you march to the institutions. And I feel for like right wingers that have like read this stuff for like decades now that they would actually do it. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm tiptoeing around it, yeah. but you know, if things get really brutal, if the federal government like goes, you know, totally schizo, um, you know, under the Democrats or whatever, you're going to have to create pockets of resistance in different states. And I think that's why Ron DeSantis was memed on by people initially because of the whole COVID thing. You know, like they want, they, I think because Ron DeSantis looked good in terms of a rebel governor, right? Then people like, you know what? He's perfect for the presidency. But really, is he just like a normie con or not? Like it's, Maybe he is. He's just an army con, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens in 24. But uh, anyways, I, we've been going on for almost uh, two and a half hours. My yeah. God. I mean, that's the thing, though, about DeSantis. And this is yeah. my, my gut yeah. take is, is that because America still has rather nominally a federal system where there is still a shit ton of sovereignty with the states. Yeah. Yeah. You're better off at remaking Florida in your own image exactly instead of going for the national level yeah because like it took i mean it i'm not talking about trump specifically i'm talking about all the guys around trump like the andrew clusters and the jeremy yeah. carls of the world it took them working in the white house with him to realize the same problem that nixon had you know yeah. but it's so yeah. much worse with the civil authority you know service and the same thing that the the right-wing british guys had managed to find out with brexit it's yeah. the home office that was going to stab your back every time. And so it's just like, does DeSantis have a plan to literally, you know, upon taking the oath of office being like, okay, every single one of you people are fired and you are barred from ever working with any state or federal government ever again. You know, like you people are garbage and you need to go to jail, yeah. you know, like are you, unless you're going to do that and clear them out and cross that line. You know, or we're, we're going to get nothing's going to happen, yeah. you know, team, nothing happening. Seem nothing happened. Well, it's like what Bap said about that one case in the '90s, that one election where they like literally went in there with their suits and they were white guys. And you know, you know that clip, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's like that's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> like, which I think you know that is one thing I will say. Um, 
this is Josh Neal's point about all like the rhetoric with Trump about like uh, fortifying that that literally didn't go anywhere though because yeah. it was designed not to go anywhere because of the sort of the judicial and electoral power in America and the way things are designed to go nowhere when it comes to those massive large scale incidences. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I mean, do you think in 24, I mean, who's it going to be going to be Newsom versus DeSantis? I, mean, I don't know. I just think that um, Newsom will run for president. I, yeah. He is sort yeah. of the progressive hope for the country. I think in a lot of ways, for, like, cause yeah. I mean, like who in, who do you got? James going to vote for Kamala. Come well, who's going to vote for Kamala? And no one's going to vote for, you know, Pete Buttigieg. I mean, why did Buttigieg die in, in, in the primaries? Because he died in South Carolina's primaries. Why? Because no black voter in America wants to vote for a white gay man for the Democratic nominee. Yeah. That, and that will that, be the case ad infinitum uh, yeah, for a long time. Yeah. Um, Plus, he's just inherently unlikable. Even, not even the fact that he's gay. It's just that nobody likes the guy. Well, like, he, he just he, looks... he's white Obama grown in a vat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought Beto was white Obama. Uh, no, yeah. Beto's a Latinx LARPer. No matter how hard he tries, he's still the son of Irish immigrants. True, um, true. <laughs> but let's move on to. Super I hate. Chat. I hated having that guy as a congressman. <laughs> oh God, Beto with his. He's like, I listened to punk back in the day. Hello, fellow kids. I, used to do, I was in a band and I skateboard in Whataburger parking lots, and it's just like, oh, please, please leave. You know? <laughs> It's like the creepy old dude that wa that goes to the skate park. How do you do, fellow like, kids? Yeah, it's like get out of here. Oh my god! So um, we didn't have time to cover Dave's article, but you know, yeah, we we do that. We can have a tech episode one of these days. Yeah. Well, next week let's go to. We want to do another. We want to do a literature episode, but maybe we'll. Yeah, we can we'll, do. Uh, we can do some tech writing. Maybe. I mean, what's your week? So we'll. we'll yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. 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 So all right. First, stupid chat. Actually, you know, I'll go to the one for PayPal. So the PayPal's in the description. If you want to send a last-minute PayPal to give me at least a decent share of the profits. This is from, I'm not going to say his name, but he's uh, Khalifa in the chat. Oh, I actually have two. Oh, my God. Oh, look at you. There you go. Uh, so this is from, the first one is from Khalifa. Uh, I've received $10. From, I'm just going to say his name, Josh, 10, 1042. Pay pig offering. Thank you, Josh. It's his real name. I'm not going to say his real name. Uh, but this one is from Khalifa. Uh, where is it? It was 1830. Yeah, 1834 from Khalifa. Hello, Gio and Matt. Here's to my favorite internet artist and postmodern critic. Happy belated birthday. Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. Thank you so much, Khalifa. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. And I hope this year, I hope this is all of our years, uh, but I hope it's your year, Khalifa. So that is the PayPal one, unless someone wants to send me another PayPal donation, that'd be great. So this is Son of Haster, our good friend, our good patron, Son of Haster. $5 super chats needed. Hope you both have a good birth, had a good birthday and a happy new year. Thank you, Son of Haster. We just streamed on our birthday. My God. Yeah, we did. It was it was a good day. It was a good day. Um, I saw Nullis in the chat. I also, I actually saw Josh Neal in the chat. He was here later uh, earlier on, and of course Vingol, our good friend, our good our good uh, Janny, 
man with a thousand brooms. Uh, man with a thousand wrenches. Man with a thousand wrenches. That's a better one. A fuck. Here's a meme one for one ninety nine. Oh my god. What's your thoughts on the dead internet by MG? Uh, we covered a little bit of the dead internet a few streams ago. Yeah, we did. We have a whole episode on dead internet theory and humdog and yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't, go check that one out. So thank you, MG. But I'm gonna ban you now because you only gave one. Do- no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm oh jeez. <laughs> oh man. Thank you so much, my friend. And I'm I'm scrolling, scrolling. Uh. It's, you know what's funny, Donald Trump Gaming? I keep thinking about when you you said on the New Year's stream, you said Geo's blowing fat clouds like a zoomer. I, I can't <laughs> I can't stop thinking about that one. For Spasticus Autisticus, our good friend, one one dollar. My God, <laughs> I can't ban him though because he's like a, a pretty solid patron and friend of ours. And by Jay Ford, another one forty nine super sticker. Which I, I have to look up the actual sticker, but um, thank you so much, Jay Ford. But I'm going to ban you right now from the channel. <laughs> okay. And for D- 50 DK, which I believe is $15 Canadian, uh, by our good friend, Herlock Shaloms. <laughs> I love that name. And he's got the picture of the wi- will. Is it Wind in the Willow? That avatar? I think so. Yeah. Herlock, Herlock Shaloms. Speaking of wife, you know what's funny? Every Christmas, me and my old man rewatched the Sherlock Holmes series, the one with uh, what's his name, the the one made in the eighties. Um, oh, I forget his name. Um. So, anyways, uh, speaking of waifus, I'm rereading the Two Towers at the moment. It's funny. Oh, how Jeremy Brett. Here. Yeah, Jeremy Brett. Jeremy Brett. That one. Yeah, Jeremy Brett. Yeah. It's funny how Treebeard asks hobbits if they've only if they've seen any female ants. He is a tree cell. What is the two towers? Is that a what is Lord of the Rings, man? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. There, there's there's tree cells. What is a tree cell in Lord of the Rings? I don't know. Have you not read Lord of the Rings, Geo? I actually haven't. I have to admit, I haven't read Lord of the Rings. I watched the movies. Yeah, but. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a Lord of the Rings stream when you finally read them. So. Maybe press yeah. one in the chat if you want Geo to read Lord of the Rings. Oh my God, that's gonna take so much of my time. Oh my God, <laughs> but thank you. I believe that's fifteen dollars. DK is uh, Dutch crooner, or was that um, uh, DKK? Let's find out real quick. Oh, uh, let's see, fifty. Yeah, uh, Danish crone. So yeah, fifty should be roughly ten bucks Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's see. 50. Yeah, nine. No, yeah, nine, 960 Canadian. So there you okay, go. Okay, cool. So thank you, Herlock Shaloms. Shaloms. Well, it um, looks like they want you to read Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll, I have to scroll down to when I do the Super Jets. $2 by Jay Ford because he felt guilty. You ever consider becoming a streamer of video? No, I, I don't play video games. We'd be, we'd, be, we'd be one step closer to being Destiny if we did that. Um, yeah, that's true. We'd be base Destiny. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I play plenty of video games as a, as a free time, easy way, because I like flight sims and stuff like that. But no, I wouldn't want to stream it. Would would people... Uh, I might do an alternate channel like AA does, you know, with his Morkar character or whatever, but... Um, he does he does streaming, video streaming? 
Yeah, uh, 2021 and 2022, he's got a channel called AA Gold, and I think he's got another one where he does his video game stuff. Oh my and god! And he tried playing Dark Souls for the first time. Oh god, it was so funny. Whoa, well, the was he good at it? Or... Okay, that's what made it great. Dark Side Phil type content, right that's there. That's what made it great. Oh my god! <laughs> was AA trying to figure out Sen's Fortress? Just. Ugh amazing amazing the man keeps taking w's uh this is by johannes Pal uh Logos, our good friend good patron for uh 100 is that swiss kroner um norwegian okay. norwegian kroner i think norwegian well, in okay currency norwegian krone equals yeah norwegian uh, krone. so it's yeah. thirteen twenty four canadian thank you very much um to my good um wait it's the stream yards is not i have to zoom here you go to my good friends friend theory cell true cell favorite vatnik geo Petichetti. hope you have a great year many you live on in interesting times more twat there simping and get Peju on i'm actually this month i'm probably gonna start talking to jonathan Peju uh again so we'll see what happens i'm i have to scroll up to Oh, here we go. I'm almost done. I'm almost done the stupid. Oh no, actually, I'm not almost done the super chat. Oh, good. Um, yeah, it's because because as soon as they go full screen, uh, it, it it kicks me. Uh, I have to scroll. Yeah, it's up a pain again. in the butt. Yeah, but uh, where is it? Where is it? Hitchin. Oh, people talk about Hitchens versus Sargon being epic. Um, so yeah, that was very epic. I mean. It really reminded me of the Gypsy Joe versus New Jack match. <laughs> well, and there's there's your wrestling yeah. uh, one for the bingo. Yeah. Oh, Jake Lloyd was in the chat. Very nice. Yeah, Jake Lloyd's great. Um, um, I don't I'm, know. It's kind of funny because like Carl kind of like just he he did his video with on Lotus Eaters and he was just like Peter's got a point. The the revolution came and they won. Yeah. Yeah, very similar to here in America, where you know Garrett Garrett was like the revolution already happened, you know, in the night yep. of depression. Oh my god! But I mean, I I I think Sargon's right. You can't you can't lose hope. I mean, the British. I mean, the the weight of history on them. You know. Yeah. Um. I I agree with Carl that you can't. Yeah. You can't even if you go howling into that good night. I'd rather do that. I think there's more honor than that than. Yeah, but the situation in Britain is way more blackpilling than here. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Five dollars, J four to get her, good patron. Also, you should get entropy or dono chat. Sick of Google taking their cut. Maybe I'll get entropy. I know you have entropy, don't you? Yeah, entropy works great. Yeah, Less of a yeah cut. I'll get entropy. Then Bjor with a pipe, Bigor Bjorg with a pipe. Cheers for three dollars. Thank you, my friend. I hope I'm saying that right. Bjor, because you know Bjor is like you know Bjor. It's like Bjor. Mm -hmm. you, you know so. Actually, Bior is actually all right. She's got some pretty good stuff. I gotta admit. Um, so now I'm scrolling down, scrolling down. Here we go. Oh, actually, donated Jake Lloyd for five dollars. Very telling the way BreadTube just dies, but right-wing content goes through unstoppable life and death cycles. Oh. Right-wing Twitter and YouTube is the endless cycle of death and rebirth. Exactly. Um, it's it's really is the wheel of Sansara. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Jake Lloyd. Um, I know he had a little bit of that, uh, the cycle of death and rebirth with, uh, different movements, but uh, thank you very much, my friend. Very good seeing Jake Lloyd. And also another good poster that just showed up for son of a bitch. One, 
our good friend Raging Mandrill, but not so much my good friend now that he had to just troll me by sending one dollar. Um, you get we're what you in get. Our own, <laughs> We're in our own version of being underground. Thank you, Raging Mandrill. We have to ban you from the chat, though. So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my God, Pete! You know, because people know I hate the Amazing Atheist so much that they have to haunt me with that. As soon as I mentioned him, it's like my God, um, Woods versus. That's oh, I, the one about. thing that I did enjoy about 2022 that we didn't discuss was just oh. the Amazing Atheist literally dressing like a fucking demon. Uh, yeah. After the yeah. Roe v. Wade bit was thrown back to the states, yeah. it's like I'm angry, and I'm like, you literally look like the devil. But you know, thank you for proving our point after all these years. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to throw this up on screen because it's so edgy, but subject to change, your good friend says Nightmare Chud 88, which actually is a good poster, versus Biden um, RP Griper. Uh, when's that debate going to happen on Content Minded? Um, well, we'll see. We should get we should get Biden RP Griper on the on the stream. That's gonna. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, play a game of someone I don't even know about. Oh God. <laughs> For another $1.99. Uh, like, you people are too much. Dunk Achino. Dunk Achino. That's a good name. I like that name. Will the E rate make alliances with Tariq Nasheed? Well, we tried that in 2021. And it, it did not end well. It did not end well. Tariq Nasheed is just. I, I enjoy Tariq Nasheed because yeah, he, he yeah. doesn't want to end up like Louis Farrakhan or any of the other people that lament the situation of black men. So he continues to blame the people that yeah. don't run Hollywood to do it. But, you know, he's got a point, though. I mean, there's a, it's a culture of taking away virility and masculine attitudes. You know what's... All cultures. It, it's too bad he just hates white people so much <laughs> because, like, yeah. a significant part of his, of his like, audience is, like, edgy right-wingers that, like, love to see him... They like, all cheer him on out. and watch him get, like, weirdly, hypnotically entranced when he sees another man's ass. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, he, he really is—he's really is dicking over his demographics. Uh, he but, really is, uh, yeah. in a desperate attempt to not get dicked himself. That's what he's doing. There you go. For another one night by Daniel Robinson. Happy New Year's, fellas. Happy New Year's to you. Hopefully, you had a good one. You know what's funny? I actually missed out today. Uh, last night was um, Wrestle Kingdom. I actually have to go and watch it when I want when I eat dinner today so, tonight. So, um. Donald Trump gaming palaver sucks though. Yeah, but come on, he's the best we got. Donald Trump gaming. Um, I see a lot of friends like uh, the bourgeois beatnik, uh, honey, honey bud griper, uh, of course, King Salmon Fish, uh, JNs, Vingal. Oh, here we go. $13.99 by Bartholomew the Red. Palaver's good at calling juniors a BS, but he needs to start listening to the PPC on immigration and culture. Nice shirt, Gio. Nice quarters, zit, prude. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's to you both. Thank you, Bartholomew the Red. I wholly agree with you. Um, yeah, so I, I love wearing ridiculous shirts like this. This is my style. So, uh, <laughs> and it's very smart, casual prude has going on right there. That's what I'm going for. I, we had the suit pulled out again for Christmas, but I, I told myself I would dress more often because... First episode, yeah. I wore someone else's. I, I wore a shirt to promote a, a then friend, and then yeah, I was properly berated for not being in my formal attire. So here we are. <laughs> exactly, and this, and for the most incoherent, one of the most incoherent super chats I've ever gotten in my life, Jay Ford, five dollars. 
rickety butt bang. He, he's just paying me to say this crap. He sure is, <laughs> and you will say it. Dance, leaf monkey, dance. Dance, leaf. Oh my god, dance. Uh, well, actually, they ban handguns in Canada, so it has to be something else. Um, rickety butt bang bourbon. This Elmo is broken, but the hob hob hoop stank. E girls acting like who mama? Oh, what? I I don't know, but you should tweet that out later. Honey Bud said, <laughs> "If J if J Ford gets me gives me another five dollars, I'll tweet that out." So, oh my god, I shouldn't say these things because then it's gonna they will play, the it will it will bite you in the ass. I promise. Speaking from experience, yeah, yeah. Um, apparently Vingal says the Russian mafia isn't Russian anymore. Well, yeah, they've the demographics of the Russian mafia is actually quite interesting. It's no longer any, a lot of Muscovites. It's like, there's a lot of Chechnyans, a lot of Tartars, a lot of different people. Um, like, come on, Polish ambassador. Why are you unsubscribed? Oh my God. Do you say because it was banning people? Uh, no, I think it was because, uh, you haven't read Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. Well, I watched the movies. Oh, you people are look, you people are like, uh, okay. Now I'm finally at the end here. Um, uh jake lloyd says highly recommend entropy um garrett garrett pilled uh so two dollars by j ford again sir oswald emerald mosley gaming <laughs> maybe we need that maybe groiper groiper maybe oswald mosley gaming groiper um well that's been so one of the earliest memes when i started showing my face was that someone said i looked like him and so Dora oh. has some memes that have taken some of Oswald Mosley's posters and replaced them with my face. They're oh my God. hard to find, but they're out there somewhere. They're out uh, there. Maybe Dora will post some of my telegram again. Yeah, maybe he will. So, so yeah. Uh, uh, Ace says geo hosting blood sports like 2018 era. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to like a debate when you're doing like a re pre recorded live, like a maybe if I do more live streams, we'll see what happens. But, uh, I'm all I'm all <laughs> optics check. Uh, the Russian mafia was oh, well, of course the Hungarian would say that the Russian mafia was never Russian. Oh, God. Thank you, Nolis. Um, if anyone has any last minute super chats, we've been going for a while. Uh, let me just check my phone again to see if I got any more. Um, uh, uh, my 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 mutual um added me. What's his name? Uh. Satakoro, he said state-funded goon caves incoming. Well, I guess if the Canadian government wants to pay for goon caves, that would be amazing. But um mm. no, actually, what am I talking about? That would be terrible. That'd be absolutely terrible. But I don't have any other um PayPal donations. So this has been a good first uh first of the year stream. So on the digital archipelago, next week will be on Prude's channel. And like I say, listen, guys, listen. I know some of you dropped because of the holidays, but go to patreon.com slash giant productions. I just released the mega 30th episode of content minded with wide dog. And hopefully by Sunday or to Monday will be, uh, I actually have it here. Will be the first installment giant reviews. Half of it will be free on this channel of Mbebe's necropolitics. So that's uh, my plan for, and also but hopefully by Friday, tomorrow, or Saturday, my end-of-the-year review article will come out. It's one of the most important articles I've ever, I've ever written, and uh, hopefully that, you know, turns out good. So 
Thank you. And Nullis says, uh, great 2023 stream, guys. Wishing you all power. Thank you, Nullis. Um, yeah, there we go. So any last-minute shilling, Prude? Uh, yes, there, there's uh, by all means, subscribe to the Substack, prudentialist.substack.com. There's new articles every week and always one every other week behind the paywall on stuff regarding foreign policy, politics, and culture. Uh, we had one just out yesterday called Technological Assesis. So if you're interested, by all means, tune in over there. This weekend, I will be live with Semyagog covering deglobalization. Uh, nice. And Friday afternoon, tomorrow, I will be speaking with Gifts Ungiven over on her channel. So Wow, I, I, didn't, be... I didn't see that one coming. Well, uh, mainly because yeah. due to the millennial review. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah, she DM'd me and we'd set up a time to talk. And so so she and I will have a conversation on culture. I think she's just interviewing me. I don't know how that's going to go, but by all means, yeah, stay we'll tuned. See. We'll promote it more. Um, the Old Glory Club will be talking about the second year anniversary of Insurrection Day um, tomorrow evening. So that'll also be a fun time. And nice. then by all means, support me on Subscribestar, buy me a coffee or Substack if you're choosing. Plenty of great stuff coming for you. We are also starting Patron Book Club again. So if you are interested in joining myself and all my other fantastic patrons, this Saturday on January 20, or the coming Saturday on January 28th, we will be covering Oswald Spangler's Man and Technics. So see yeah. my Telegram and my tweets on that issue um, you can join as low as $2 a month. So it's definitely worth your time. Get access to some great stuff behind the scenes. So that's what I've got going for me. So if you're not, if you haven't heard of my channel, by all means, subscribe down below. Yeah, I have two more. Oh my God, two more super chats here. Oh, um, I'm actually, I'm probably gonna have to start at my Patreon Substack. People, I mean, sorry, my Patreon Discord where I can do book review things or ah! meetings. I know people... Oh, please don't. Oh, my God. Don't make me do it. Oh, don't. but he did. And you, yeah, you're a man of your word. Five, five dollars. Our good friend, Jake Lloyd. Careful. Read the wrong dono. You could be eternally haunted by Jake Lloyd. Mm, yummy biscuits and gravy. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, okay, listen, deep, he's making deep, me some deep Jake Lloyd lore. Let me, I have to roll up for the super chat just to, uh, you know what? I can, I can just go to my uh, YouTube studio. Um, cause I'm going to have to copy the text and tweet it out. So that, why are you making like, why, like, why did I have to open my mouth? Honestly, why did I have to do that? <sighs> Let's see here. Okay. Um, five for this is rickety, butt bang, bur I'm gonna. I have to. I'm going. I'm opening up Twitter now. So while you, while, while you tweet that, do you mind if I read Jay Ford's five dollars? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. In the nice, Jay lovely, Ford's. you know, in the nice Jay, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham Southern accent. So here we go. Jay Ford for five dollars says, "Yeah, you're tweeting that, buddy. Save my eyes from the e girls you keep liking in RTN. First step to fix the problem is to admit it." Wow. So there you go. He he kept up with it. Five dollars. Let, so let me let me see. Okay, I just tweeted it now. I just it just I, I tweeted it now. So there you go. I'll <laughs> uh so, oh, well while you're at it while we're looking at the comments, uh Sasan Habiri, you'll get access to either or um Sasan, whether it's on Substack yeah. or Subscribestar. If you want to support on Substack or Subscribestar, by all means, I will not say no to either. You'll get access to the same content. Yeah, Prude is DMing e-girls. Wow. No, I am not no. DMing e-girls. Yeah, I literally got a random message that said, thank you for your comments about her millennial appearance. Yeah. Yeah. But so oh, another thing too, I want to float by you guys. Um, if you don't want to pay Patreon by next week or the week after, I want to put all the paywalled stuff 
on my Substack, so you could pay me five dollars on Substack. If you guys like that, press one in the chat if you'd rather pay for my Substack than Patreon. Two for just keep Patreon. So press one if you would agree with that. Uh, if you want the, um, if you would rather pay me on Substack than on Patreon, I'll put like all the podcast feature. I'll put my backlog up on Substack the way that Prude does, right, with his paywalled content. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I have ones now. So I'm gonna have to do it. We have to do all that work to put everything up. Let's go find Geo's tweet and retweet it. There oh it is. Oh my god. RT. Oh. Actually, you know what? Quote tweet it. There we go. Oh, you're killing me. I'm I'm never gonna have to delete it now. <laughs> it should be your pinned tweet. Oh my god. If listen, I will pin the tweet. For if if J Ford gives me other five dollars, no, if he gives me ten dollars, I'll I'll pin the tweet. If J Ford gives me ten dollars, I will pin that tweet. Oh, good times. Look at this. Look at just a, look, an alternative future with you didn't tweet that out. He is happily married to Gibson. Oh my god. So you guys like the idea of Substack then? You guys would pay for my Substack. Um Come on, J Ford, you have your chance. $10 for me to pin the tweet. <laughs> oh my God. Really trying to get to that three hour mark, aren't we, Geo? <laughs> you said. Careful, Geo. I'm going to have a heart attack by the end of the stream. Oh my God. Oh, not you son. Thank God for super chat. This is terrible. This, this is terrible. I, I do not I can't believe you would do this to me. Based Mr. Ford. Oh, man. See, you you should never denigrate your patrons though, because as MG says, he's a broke college kid and he only sends one dollar donations. Yeah, but no, but I thought he was sending it because of the meme, because oh, I, of the. I, that's the that's the that's it, Gio. We're oh, you you people are terrible. I'm I I, I apologize. I had to pin the tweet. I I, I just pinned the tweet. Um, for you to delete the tweet, I had to do this for a super chat reply. <laughs> who am I gonna Who am I gonna trust more, Jay Ford or Spasticus now? Because Spasticus just sent ten dollars. Thank you to delete the tweet. Should I is Ace? Listen, listen, Ace. Listen. I know you're a Zoomer, and you can't tell if between real women or not as a Zoomer. Oh, I'm getting. I'm getting. I'm getting. What I'm gonna end this stream. I'm gonna end this stream before the three-hour mark. Should I delete the tweet? But I can't. I can't delete the tweet. Delete now. it in an hour or whatever. I'll delete it in an hour. I'll delete it in an hour. Um. Also, I'm gonna have to work for my seller's website because a patron of mine asked me. So I've been totally lazy with that, guys. I have the website all up and ready. I just have to like put stock on it. Uh. So there you go. Um, oh, he said. Oh no, Spascus. Uh, no, for you to delete the reply. Oh well, looks like the tweet's staying. You have to delete his reply. What's what's my oh? Apparently, Spasticus Autistic has put out a tweet. Oh, he says based. <laughs> oh, delete the reply saying it was for a super chat. Oh, oh. my god, you people are you're literally pay picking your way into like monitoring my behavior. <laughs> well, okay, that, I'm not gonna have to. That comes with being to... a commentary class, I guess. 
That's oh my great. god. Okay, I deleted it. I deleted it. There you go. Oh my thank god. You people are mean. Chance. You people are bad. You know exactly how to spin my wheels, bro. Um kills the paintings up, boy. Yes, uh only delete the one that says I had to do it for the super chat. <laughs> you people are so bad. I'm ending this. Get me out of here, engineer. Get me out of here. <laughs> thank you so much, fellas, for all the donos. Thank you. Uh let's see if I have a um a PayPal one. Dingle's correct. It's the world's oldest profession. It is. It is. It is. My God. All right. Thank you all. Super chatters. Nothing is beyond hurry. Uh, how much? Oh, oh, oh. If someone pays me $100, I will tweet, I can save Taylor the Rans. If someone pays me $100. No, I'm kidding. If someone pays me $10 super chat. I would tweet out, I can save Taylor Renz for a $10 super chat. Oh, that's just superlative, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's our $20, $20, $20. And I will tweet out, I can save Taylor Renz. But we have to end the stream. So I don't know. When it comes to Ferris X, Zoomers shouldn't listen to millennials. Gen X does it better. Yeah, Nollis, you're kind of right. For, come on, guys. It's only $20 for me to tweet oh out, I can God. save. You're getting you're we're getting to the point where you're you're basically turning into that goblin chick five dollars. <laughs> five dollars. Five dollars. Come on, twenty dollars, and I will tweet out I can save Taylor Renz. Come on, guys. I like how we're paying for tweets now, gentlemen. We've basically like we've reinvented um we've 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 reinvented a certain kind of pay by the minute. Uh, okay, service. I'll lower it to ten dollars. No. You holy shit. Tweet that you can save my AF. Oh my god. You $100. Dumb bastard. Well, congratulations. You got to go do it. It's like literally my hands are trembling. I can save Ayala from her shower dodging. Oh my god, Spasticus Autisticus with a hundred dollars. I can't believe it. I've been upended it. by <laughs> I love it. The tweet's up and Prude's probably gonna retweet it right now. Nope, nope. What I'm gonna do instead is uh and like Iaya did it for me. hundred dollars. I I I'm in shock right now. Thank you so like Spasticus Autisticus, thank you so much. Yes, exactly. You're right, WebM Aristocrat. G Geo absolutely BTFO'd. You people are you people are disgusting. You happy birthday, Merry Christmas, happy thank you. Yeah, it's happy new year. I hope you had a good Christmas fast to kiss. I, I can't believe that just happened right now. I can't believe I grinded my way to my go. my Twitter my Twitter notifications are gonna be ruined. I swear to God. Like and like Ayala, he tweeted this for money. <laughs> That's it, Prude. That's it. That's it. Friendship over. <laughs> uh, Geo can't breathe. He's been put oh down by god. the kneecap that, of 100 pounds. Oh my god. That was the perfect reply. Like, <laughs> he did it for money. I would this just tweet this shit like... for free, but they're unironic yeah. bangers. <laughs> they're unironically top tier posts. It's true. Unless you have any 
more donations. I wonder what I could probably... Now that we're in this moment, I wonder what I could squeeze out of my donos here. What I wonder what could I tweet that could top that? For six... For six well, ninety nine, dollars Even if Gio wanted to stop sipping chats, wouldn't let him. Sad. Dance, man. Oh, man. Thank you so much, Bartholomew Red. It's a, yes. I will leave you with that. I will leave you with that. It's over, but I have to end the stream. Thank you so much for making the stream amazing. This truly was a um great way to parasocial. kick off the year. Yeah, what a, a great way to start the year. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. I have also another good bit of news that Matthew the Stealth gave me, which is apparently my number one A-Log got bands. <laughs> No, Donald Trump gaming. I will not say that. No, no, no. I will. For a million no. dollars, I'll tweet it. For a million dollars? Yeah, for a million dollars, maybe. But uh, that's. Take that shit to the bank. Yeah, I'd do it for a million dollars. For a million dollars? Yeah. If someone if someone PayPal me a million dollars, then I would tweet it out. So there you go. Uh... I'm waiting. I'm... No, I'm kidding. Okay, let's end the stream. Let's end the stream. Please go to tomorrow or saturday i will have the article out i just have to do last minute editing um prudent semi-agog is always good content this saturday thanks there for dancing go. for the mammons geo <laughs> oh, who are you gonna serve geo i'm, I'm gonna have to take a shower moment. after this well at least iaya doesn't do that so yes go take a shower geo oh my god Thank you, chat. You've made my day. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I look that forward to what missed. crazy shit you make me do next week. I'm donating my life savings to see funny tweets. You're lucky I don't stream multiple times a week. I don't bring back um I don't bring back uh laid back Saturdays, or else you guys are really gonna get punished. <laughs> You're lucky I'm merciful that I only stream once every two weeks. Well, maybe I should stream every week. Well, maybe in the new years I'll commit to streaming. I'll I'll do some uh I want to go back to doing art videos in the new year. So we'll see what happens, but thank you all. Love you. God bless. Goodbye too sweet. And just for you, Donald Trump gaming, I will do one more fat cloud. So. Well, ladies and gents, thank you all so much for tuning in and we'll see y'all next time. God bless. Goodbye too sweet. <laughs>